Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And today we are covering a Netflix original. We are covering To All the Boys I've Loved Before. To All the Boys I've Loved Before was a Netflix original in 2018. It stars Lana Condor, Noah Centennial, Janelle Parrish, John Corbett, just name a few. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Susan Johnson. And this is kind of the only thing she's, she's done mm-hmm. several other little things, but uh, it was written by Sofia Alvarez, who is also writing the sequel. Yes. Uh, it is an adaptation I, of Jenny Han's book, P, uh, well, Jenny Han's book, To All the Boys I've Loved love before. before. The sequels are called P.S. I Still Love You and Always and Forever, Laura Jean. Has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 97%. Yeah, man. And an IMDb score of 7.2 out of 10. I'm so happy with it. Because, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, listeners, Michelle had watched this movie, like, right about the time it came out. Yes. And I have known for a while, she loves it. Yeah, I do. It's, it's become her, you know, just kind of turn it on in the background kind Yeah, of my, like, I don't feel good, I don't want to feel happy, this is the movie yeah. I turn on. And just for me, there was so much mm-hmm. rabidity around it, like, as soon as it came out. And just at the time, I'm like, I, I want... Like, I want other things. Like, Mm -hmm. I I heard so many good things about it, and I was definitely excited to, like, I wanted to watch it at some point. It's like, I just Mm -hmm. needed to be in a better headspace for it. Yeah, the proper headspace, put some time between the rabidity. Yes. And so, so yeah, so this was honestly kind of, like, the perfect time for me to watch it, because I had a self-imposed very hectic weekend (laughs) and at the end of it all after i had put away all of my brooms and mops and scrub brushes and and all of these things and finally sat down and was like turn on the movie like i had to stop here and there in a few places because like i got distracted by Mm -hmm. some other like life stuff that was happening it happens yeah but like I was just thoroughly like mesmerized by this movie, and <laughs> you have no idea how happy I am. I was so scared <laughs> we were going to come into this room like I really hate this movie, and I was going to cry know. in the corner for the whole for the whole podcast. <laughs> like I don't want to fight, but we're going to have to fight. <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, after 15 years, this is the this thing, is that, thing that breaks us. This is the thing that breaks our friendship um, apart. But what was the synopsis? The synopsis is a teenage girl's secret love letters are exposed and wreak havoc on her love life. Now, the other thing about this, I think, is hilarious. All of the fanfic that has come from this, and not just like to all the boys fanfic. I have seen so many AUs for other couples now. Yeah, it makes me so happy because I'm always I always love that kind of stuff. You, basically, you mean like a to all the boys AU you for other fandoms yeah like so so and so has written five letters over the course of their lifetime to different people and they get sent somehow and sometimes it's in universe sometimes it's literally like this story remade into those people with different characters cast oh yeah it's fun you have no many ideas how like no many ideas you have no you have no idea how many like plot bunnies i had just like bounced in my brain i started one and I quickly realized it was not going to work. And so, like, for, like, what I was, what I was doing was just not going to, I couldn't do it. But, yeah, so, I, like, like she said, full disclosure, I've watched this movie probably, like, six times. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like it for a lot of reasons. But, but yeah, it, the fandom that has inspired is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I literally, like, I just watched, I just watched the movie and, like, took my notes and and then um, went about 
doing some other stuff. And so, I, like, I didn't have a chance to kind of... Because normally, like, you know, sometimes when we yeah. watch a movie, I'm like, I'm going to get on Tumblr and, you know, see what I can find. Or, you know, like, I'm going to peruse AO3 mm-hmm. and see what I can find there. And I just didn't have... Yeah. The, like I just didn't have the physical time to do well, that at the moment. The, and the one I will say negative for me is that I went and read a whole bunch of fanfic, not having read the books. And apparently they take the plot of the next two books in some of the fanfic and use it, which means that the fact that they've announced the two sequels or the, uh-huh. the two sequels are, are coming out or whatever yes. means that I kind of know some of what's going to come, even though I kind of wish I didn't. I, now. I read the wiki. <laughs> I didn't know just because yeah. like I like going into that kind of stuff because I was so fresh when I went into this. Mm-hmm. I had I was just it was like I was in one of those moods where I just needed something kind of like I was like this isn't going to be any good because I'd watched the kissing booth which we haven't talked about but probably will at some point. <laughs> I'd watched the kissing booth and it left a bad taste in my mouth. Okay, you tell me like, you told me about, like before before you told me that you had watched the kissing booth. I was on the phone with my mother one day. I was like, oh, what you doing? She's like, oh, I'm just kind of watching some stuff on Netflix. Oh, anything good? And she goes, well, just watch the kissing booth. And she goes, just, just stay away. Just don't do it. You know, it, so <laughs> but I, had, I had seen that. And so I didn't have high hopes. So I was like, I'm going to watch this and see how bad it is to see yeah. if we can't even can cover it. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I'm going to be upfront. We're not going to cover Sierra Burgess as a loser. Uh, I watched it and I could not get through it because of the different stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It it really upset me and I know it would bother the crap out of you for that. Okay. Reason. Uh, there's the manipulation bad mm-hmm. in it. Like I had to fast forward through the, the climax scenes because I couldn't deal with it mm-hmm. because I was like, no, this is, this is stupid. This is yeah. stupid. And it's got like Noah Centennial from this in it. And it's got, um, Barb from stranger things is the main girl. Mm-hmm. And I-, I wanted to like it and I like aspects of it. But the whole thing is he's talking on talking on the phone to her and he doesn't know who she is. He thinks she's someone else. Mm-hmm. And they're falling for each other, but he doesn't... It's very supposed to be Cyrano de Bergerac kind yeah. of thing. Um, but then she, like, pretends to be deaf at one point because his brother's deaf. And, like, it, it's kind of an accident. And, it, like, it's a misunderstanding that she goes with and then can't actually come out and say it was a misunderstanding because if she does, it'll make her look bad. Because it looked like she was just trying to mess with him. And then when it finally does come out, it's in the middle of a football game in front of the entire school. And he doesn't go to their school. He goes to another school. Uh, it's a mess. Like, it is, for me, it's, it's a painful mess that mm-hmm. I can't, I can't subject you to it I, at I, all. I'm so glad. Because, see, this, this, but, this but is, is great in it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is sort of the... You know, if, if you haven't figured out by by this time, <laughs> listeners, basically, kind of the the give and take of our relationship is like any you know anything scary, anything that, you know kind of problematic. I'm like, I will pre-screen it, yes, and then tell you, okay, this is what's worth watching. You know, at like 34 minutes and 12 seconds, look away because there's a jump scare, <laughs> or it's okay for you to watch uh, the the David Tennant. Anton Yelkin movie. Fright, Fright, Fright Night. Night. Yeah, it's okay for you to watch Fright Night. It's not worse than Supernatural. Okay, great. Then yeah. I can watch it. Yes. You know, that or, you know, hey, this movie is really good. Never you know? watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like, this, this movie is great. I think it's beautiful. I would love to cover it for the podcast, but I am not going to subject you to it. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. So, and, and I do so the same like that. thing. And on, she yeah. does this. Yeah, you do the same thing for me. Of You, you watch the... 
yeah. the, the lesser quality things and tell me, yeah. like, well, don't do it. Genuinely thought this was going to not be very good when I started it. Mm-hmm. And then within, like, five minutes, I'm in. Because I'm like, you've got John Corbett, who is oh my God. brilliant I, in this movie. I have to espouse my love of John Corbett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I brought this movie up. Uh, I was talking to my young coworker Blakely. Um, I was talking to her today. And telling her that uh, I was coming over here to record, and mm-hmm. and I said we were recording on to all the boys I loved before, and she is just she's just like, oh my gosh, she just <laughs> she was so happy. I knew I liked and this then, kid, <laughs> and then she goes, she was so happy, and then she goes, she goes, but you know, she goes, the dad, she goes, I just can't. Like, when I look at him, I can't think of anything but Aiden Shaw, and it took me a second, and, oh, I, that's, uh, and I went, Sex oh, and City, right? I went, oh, right, he was on Sex in the City, and I told her, I was like, okay, sweet summer child. <laughs> it's like, I have, I was like, way back, probably, I'm fairly certain, before you were born, he was on a show called Northern Exposure. Oh, yeah! And he, he was a weirdo and, like, ran a radio station, and I fucking loved him. I loved him on Northern Exposure. And then, um, like, and then seeing him in, like, my big fat Greek yes, wedding. My big fat Greek wedding. That's the first thing I've ever seen. And then, then um, like, that. And then, like, f- going from my big fat Greek wedding to serendipity. He is my favorite thing about serendipity. <sighs> it was like, if you don't want to marry him, I want to marry him. <laughs> I'm in line. Like, he is so... I just love it when he plays these slightly left of center eccentric. Yeah. Like he's so good at that. Yeah. And so in this, he plays a slightly more like buttoned down kind of, but he has his moments. Yeah. Like he, you know, he's a parental figure, but he definitely has his moments of like not knowing what the fuck he's doing. Cause we find out very early on, like I loved how they did, uh, the, the backstory a little bit. Like, yes. How you find out that their mother has, is, gone is mm-hmm. that they talk of the girls are talking about it amongst themselves very quickly as they go down the stairs because dad has made Korean for dinner and dad is really bad at cooking Korean because mom was Korean yeah. and <laughs> dad is really bad at it and so they're like well just pretend like it was you know we, we just tell him it's as good as mom used to make when she was alive and yeah and that's really all they have to say and you're like oh okay, I'm in now. And there's like the big picture of her in the house. Yes. Like it's they they very they do a very good job to me of subtly putting her in Right. And and reminding you of uh, of his love for her at the very least. Like, of, of the, yes. that there was a deep relationship there. Yes, yes. And then they bring it up again at the end, but it's so subtle throughout the whole movie. It's, yeah, it's like you can tell that it was it was a house full of, like, love on mm-hmm. so many levels. Mm-hmm. And, and then to have that gone. I don't know if they mention in the movie how she died. For some reason, I had I had like cancer. I was thinking that, but it wasn't that. It was something else. But in it, it does say in the book. Basically, it's like she came in and she slipped and she hit her head and she lost consciousness. And so, like, they got her up, got Mm -hmm. her around, and everything like that. And then later, she went. You know, she went to she went to bed, or like she went to lay down to take a nap and didn't wake up. up. And so, um, so like that's. That's what happened in, and in I think, book. I think, yeah, and in the book, I think it's mentioned that Margot was, like, 12. Yeah, and you see a picture of the girls with mom Yeah, at one point in the movie, so you can kind of get an idea of, of they were pretty young. Yeah, and, and Peter mentions it, too. Yes, and that, 
there, yeah, there's just so much that I love about this movie. And I, I have to say like this show is the epitome of a guilty pleasure show for me. I fucking watched all of Pretty Little Liars, <laughs> even when it got like <laughs> I, I was like, gonna say I was like even when it got batshit crazy. No, it was like way up in the stratosphere yeah. levels of crazy. Yeah, it got so great. It's yeah. so insane. I binge watched up until because I, I watched a bunch of it because you and my sister were watching it. <laughs> So I watched it like, until like when Allison comes back. That's right. where I got to, and then oh, I was like, "Yeah, man. I can't, I can't do this anymore." Yeah. Oh man, I wanted to, I just couldn't. I like I said I stuck through it just because because they sucked me in in season one because like I was homesick and they were doing a marathon and I'm like I just want I just need to like stare at the TV <laughs> like it's either this. Or it's soap operas, or like it's yeah. fucking Doctor Oz. I'm gonna watch. Well, and Chanel Parrish's Mona. I was is gonna say, just, and then that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. She is just. She is so fucking good. She is so. She crazy. plays such an amazing fucking sociopath. Yeah. On that show, mm-hmm. and just the things that she is able to do, and like the acting range that she has on Pretty Little Liars, to see her in this as like a very like calm, collected, but very, like, type A organized mm-hmm. kind of person. Like, but there's just something so soft about Margot. Especially with her sisters. Yes. Like, yeah, the, the moments that, like, and I'm, I, I, I think the acting in this movie is pretty good. Yes. Like, for the most part, I think there's one or two lesser characters, like, lower characters I'm like... Not not lower. That sounds bad. Minor. Minor. Background-esque. That I'm like, eh, I think you're a bit too much. But for the most part, mm-hmm. I think, like, the subtlety of some of the acting, especially, it, like, hits me hard. Like, because Lana Condor, I haven't seen her in anything else, 100% honest. Right. She just did Deadly Class on Sci-Fi, which got canceled. Mm-hmm. But she was, like, the, one of the main people in yeah. that. And Noah Centennial did The Fosters for years. Uh, which, which I, I haven't seen. Yeah, it's always seen. always one of those like it's a freeform show that I'm like that should try that at some point mm-hmm. and just haven't done it. Yeah. So this was the first thing I saw either of these two people mm-hmm. in, and gum it, they blew me away. Like damn it, it was just like yes. I was like this chemistry is crazy. <laughs> and like from like when they first meet or not meet because they already know each other, but yeah. you have they have a history. Like you can. I yeah. feel that history for most of the movie. Oh, I do too. I just, I, I can't get it. And, and like, I think he does some really subtle things. Agreed. That I didn't, yeah. Like going back, especially I'm like, wait, wait, does he already? I'm so, I don't know how I feel. Like, I'm not sure where he feel, what he feels more. Like, and this, this is a good sense. There's something about this movie that like when I was watching it, like, it, it gave me, you know, it gave me, like, those warm, like, good feelings yes. in my chest. Yeah. And that's because there's so much of this movie, this is going to sound so strange, there's so much of this movie that, like, it feels like home to me. That's that's cool. I'm glad. And, um, and it's because, cause, like, watching it, I got to thinking about, you know, I, I haven't had, like, a steady like, significant other in a very long time. You know, like, I've I've dated off and on throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Nobody's really stuck around more than, you know, a couple of months. And, like, but I had a, a, like, I had a boyfriend 
pretty much like from the time we were in sixth grade until junior year. And when he dumped me like two weeks before prom, but we're still going to go together. Yeah, that was fun. But anyway, <laughs> we, but we had literally, um, my, my high school ex, his birthday is the day before mine. Our moms had known each other for years. Like we grew up, we were in all of mostly all of the same classes we were just together all of the time. And so when we kind of, we, we were like that elementary school, like boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until about sixth, seventh grade that that kind of turned into something more than just a label. Mm -hmm. And, and so i like, there were things like watching this movie and, and seeing like the characters of Josh and, and Peter and kind of how they interact with the with the Covey family. And it just took me back to remembering like so much of that stuff because like I, and like I got to thinking about it today while I was thinking back to the movie of like, I remember once a week, every couple of weeks, my dad and my mom and I would drive over to my grandmother's house and spend several hours just kind of helping her do the things that she needed done, you know, if it was like cleaning, if it was doing stuff in the garden, mowing the yard, whatever. A lot of times mom and dad kind of took care of it. I sat in the living room and watched TV with Mama. you know, that's kind of thing. But somehow Tommy got roped into coming <laughs> with us a couple of times. And so my grandmother just like put us to work and like, we like, took stuff out of her cabinets. Like literally like we took everything out of her cabinets and like washed everything and put it back. And then Tommy, like she brought him out into the garden to like help her pull vegetables and, and stuff like that. And, and then when it, the reverse would happen of we would get together uh, like with his family and he had so many like aunts and uncles and cousins and, and it would always be a big family to do and his younger cousins, like, called me Cousin Kia. They would, like, immediately, as soon as we walked in, I remember this vividly. It was Christmas. And we were getting together with his family. He walks in holding the presents. And he's like, here, Betty. Here, Betty. You know? And, like, holding them out. Merry Christmas. They literally blew right past him and come and both like wrapped me in a bear hug. <laughs> and, and so later, like when, when his cousin had a baby and this was years, this was a good four or five years after he and I had broken up. Mom and I are at Walmart and we get into a checkout line and there's his cousin, Betty and his aunt, his aunt Renee. And we literally like, just like, oh, oh my gosh, hi, you have a baby, and everything, and so Renee is, like, checking out, and she's having some kind of problem, and she's like, oh, Betty, I, I need, I need the card, whatever, and Betty is, like, holding the baby, and she can't do that, and dig for the things that she needs, so she just goes, hmm, here, and literally just, like, hands me the baby, and I'm like, what the, and I just, I had a look on my face, and she stops and stares at me for a good two seconds, she goes, what's wrong? You are still family. <laughs> and watching this and just seeing all of like, it won all of like the little like domestic touches that we talk mm -hmm. about, like being such a big deal for us. Like I felt that so hard in mm -hmm. this movie 
And, and like I said, it took me back to such a place of like when I was a teenager and like, and I had that kind of experience with, you know, like with my high school boyfriend and like with both of our families of like, you know, um, when my parents, when my parents separated, um, my mom, like my mom, like we separated, like my mom moved us out, um, the weekend before spring break. And then she suddenly realizes, Oh shit, I don't have anything to do with Kia while we're finding, you know, while I'm finding a place for us to live and get moved and all of these things. And so, <laughs> so Tommy's grandma is just like, well, he stayed with me. Just bring her here. And, and so he and I literally spent the week with his grandmother watching Wheel of Fortune and The Price is Right. And then, like, at one point, like, she had him, like, running out in the, like, I think she had him, like, mowing her yard. And she and I made bread pudding in the kitchen and just, and things like that. And, I like, I know I'm rambling way too long on this, but it literally just, like, a flood of memories came back while I was watching this movie. And it, it just, it brought so much joy to my heart of, like, remembering all of those like all of those things of like just being part of somebody else's family mm -hmm. and like having, you know, you have your own family, but then there's the, the thing that we both love of having a found family mm -hmm. and, and that can come in many forms. Mm -hmm. And I just loved seeing this of just how kind of seamlessly Peter and like, and Josh both like how they fit into the Covey family. Yeah. Well, especially at the very beginning of the movie, Josh just walks into the house. He doesn't even yeah. knock. He just walks in and <laughs> dad's like, great. You're here for supper. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause Josh is their next door neighbor. Um, and, and Margo's boyfriend and Margo's boyfriend and Laura Jean's one of Laura Jean's best friends. Yes. So you've got like this weird circle with that, that going on anyway. It's a weird triangle, Feeny. Yeah, it's it's a weird, strange thing going on over there. Because, like, it opens with, like, I love the opening. Like, I know I shouldn't. <laughs> but, like, I was Laura Jean in that, like, living in a fantasy type thing. Yeah. Is so, that was so me. Like, I still like to read <laughs> romance novels and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And so I love that opening scene where she's, like, reading The Forbidden Kiss or something. Yes, The Forbidden Kiss. And, and you know, he, uh why would he have come to the field if he didn't want it? But he was my sister's and like, it's it's, just, oh, yeah. it's so like trashy romance novel, but she's seeing herself in Josh. Josh. And then she gets a pillow in the face because Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty's my little sister. I fucking love Kitty. I, like, Kitty's I, great. I want to adopt Kitty. Kitty is a great little sister <laughs> um, who also probably would have been killed by me if, if I were Laura Jean for even a, like, yeah, that's a legitimate, at the end of the movie, when she threatens her, that is legit. <laughs> like, that, you, you deserve it. <laughs> like, what you did is not necessarily cool. Right. It led to good things, was not good. Well, yeah. But yeah. So, like, they're going downstairs, like I already said, like, I love how they do the subtle, like... Because it's, it's not even, they're not even the main focus of the screen. You're just hearing them talk mm -hmm. as Laura Jean is going to go downstairs and then his dad is yeah. downstairs. So you're not actually hear, seeing like them front and center going, mom died and da 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 da. So I like the way that it was mm -hmm. shot there. Does yeah. that make sense? Um, so yeah, they go downstairs and they have, and Josh is there. And that's when we get Laura Jean telling us about. And I love Laura Jean's voiceovers. I do too. Um, Laura Jean, LJ, depending on who she's talking to. Because uh, Chris always calls her LJ, and occasionally Peter does too. If he's not calling her Covey, 
but he calls uh, Kitty little little LJ at one point. Yeah, which I love. But um, yeah, she just she explains that Josh was her first boyfriend with a space in between the words was, boy yeah. and friend. And before he was Margot's, he was hers. Yeah, and she was like them being best friends and like water or, or water with a, was it water with a drop of pee or Mountain Dew or something? No, yeah, with, whatever. They, it, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a would you they're, rather? They're, yeah, they're having a, like would yeah. you rather kind of conversation, like freshman kid conversation. Yeah. And it's like, you know, then they're really fun. They're having a good time. And then Margot joins and his answer changes. Yes. To what Margot's is. And when they go out on a date, they go, they always bring Laura Jean with them because they don't want her to feel like yeah. she's being left out. And she's like, but I was clearly a third wheel. Like, yeah. Like, and it's- <laughs> it shows them in the movie theater and everybody else is making out. And the three of them are sitting there. Josh and Margot Margo are holding hands. hands. And Laura's sitting with her popcorn, like. I feel so alone. Yeah. This is super well, it's like, awkward. It's like, I, I have been that third wheel many a time. It's always awkward. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I've been that third wheel before. Too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I, but I love like that whole, like the whole thing. And then he, show, he shows up and we, we have dinner and, and we find out that Margot's going to Scotland for college. college. Yeah. And she leaves tomorrow, which she really left some stuff to the last minute if she's leaving tomorrow. Basically, yeah, and because I, um, neither one of us had read the book yeah. going into this. Um, today I downloaded the audiobook. I'm trying to listen to it. I didn't get it quite finished because, like, just work shit happened, so I didn't get to it. Um, I didn't get to finish it, but for the most part, this is all kind of leading up to the, um, it's in the lead up to Labor Day weekend is like when it happens in the book. Mm-hmm. And so it's several days. Like it's like the week before Labor Day is when Margot flies over. And then you have like Labor Day weekend. Uh, Laura Jean is like helping Kitty like finish her school shopping and get together because they'll start school on Tuesday kind of thing. So yeah, so like the, the timeline makes a little more sense in the book, but yeah, so he, you know, he, he, they talk about how, Oh, we're really sad. We're not going to see Margot till Thanksgiving. And dad's like, actually guys can be Christmas. Scotland's a little far for her to, and, and she couldn't really come back for Thanksgiving. Scotland wouldn't break for American Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, so she... So Unless there's some kind of bank holiday or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he's like, she's not going to be able to come home for, for Thanksgiving. Which, yeah, sorry, I know way too much about random holidays. That's I think fine. bank holidays in September, so never mind. But Josh is like, but I thought I'd take a little bit of, you know, home to you. And he pulls out this thing, and Dad is impressed. Like, yeah. I, love the, I love that their dad... Th- their dad is an OBGYN, or a, yeah, a gynecologist, yeah. you find out throughout the course of the movie. So he's always gone, like, delivering babies and, yes. and stuff like and that. And working but, late shifts so, at the hospital. And, and so it's stuff like that happens, but he's so... When he is there, he's so present. Yes. I love it. Very much but, so. so he pulls out the, the thing, the... The ticket, know, The yeah. ticket, uh, the boyfriend does, Josh. And you hear the dad go, way to go, Josh, step it up. Like, he's yeah. so proud of this kid. And then Margot's face falls, and she's like, did you already pay for this? Yeah. And that's when... And and he, I love Josh Hills. He's like, yeah, it's like, I've had a Google alert set as soon as I knew where you were going to school. Yeah, like, he really cares about her. Yeah. And they go outside and get into this huge fight. <laughs> yeah. And that's when we find out about Laura Jean's letters, because she's written five letters. Mm-hmm. One to Kenny from camp. One to Peter in seventh grade, Lucas from Homecoming, 
John Ambrose from the Model UN, Mm -hmm. and Josh. Josh. I write a letter when I have a crush so intense I don't know what else to do. I kind of appreciate that. Like, that's, in some ways, that's how she deals with it. Mm-hmm. In another way, she also wants to relive the drama of her feelings. Right. And in in the book, it's more, it's explained more as this is how she says goodbye. Mm-hmm. And, and puts, like, a lid on it. Because when, when we get Peter, like, approaching her with her letter, he's like, he comes up to her and he's like, I don't know what you've heard, but, like, I don't have STDs. And she's just like, Huh? What? And and apparently, in her letter, she you know, she's basically like she's saying like you know I liked you for all of these reasons and you know like you're so great here blah 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 blah. She's like, but you know, I'm realizing it's like you know you like you all I can't remember. It's like you do this, you do that. Like you always take the last slice of pizza before asking if anybody else wants it. Uh, I was like, and like you were probably just covered in STDs <laughs> and and things like that. And so like he just. Really takes that personally, as he would, <laughs> as he would, and so um, and like, and it's a like, it's a similar case with um, I think like with Lucas from Homecoming, where you know she's telling him is like, he's like, I just think you know, I think you're so great, and everything, you know, but then realizing, you know, like the close of her letter is kind of um, you know, but you know, things wouldn't work, I think, for these reasons, and blah, 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 you know, but I still think, like, you're an incredible person, and all this stuff, and so, yeah, I was, like, the, the take on the letters in the book, it's ever so slightly different. Yeah, because in the book, in the movie, it's more like, she writes these love letters as a way, yes, to, I always, I always took it as a way to close out, like, well, there's, this there's, is how I feel, and nothing's gonna happen, and the movie makes it out because she lives in fantasy, like, in yes. her head. Um, but it's all, I, I looked at it, even though it's not in there, that's kind of the way I thought about mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, but also she says it in there and Margo says, I like to relive, I like drama and I do like drama so long as it's only fictional, basically. Yes. Like so long as it's in her head, she's totally happy. However, to be fair, she does fully address each envelope, which might have been a bad call. Yeah. <laughs> just, just saying. Yeah. Slightly bad call. But she puts them in a box her mom gave her and then puts the box in the closet. Like, I appreciate the the little things like that. There's a a little, like, a little tiny thread in in the book of, you know, the, it wasn't just that, like, it was a hat box that her mom gave her. It was a hat box that her mom got at a vintage store. Oh. And so she loves, like, vintage things. Which you, that you happens ca- in You kind of get, yeah. well, you know, it, like, in this, it's, you know, she has a pair of vintage boots, boots. but you know, she bought them off Etsy. Yeah. In this, um, basically, there is, there's a bookstore in town where Josh works, and then right next door to it is a vintage shop, which is which is owned by Peter's mother. Cool. And so, so sometimes when she goes down to to the bookshop, she'll just kind of wander over and and just take a look at like all of like the fancy things and stuff like that. And um, and so you know she talks about you know like because like the the hat box came from there. She and Margo. Ooh, I like that the hat box came from there. That, yeah, that makes that more fun. Even yeah, the um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure like the hat box came from there. Like she's bought like articles of clothing and like some shoes and stuff yeah. like that. And she talks about there's a um, 
like there's a and like I loved this just like this little detail. I'm like I, I fucking want this. Um, I want a vintage shop just like this because the in this shop um, there's a jewelry case and all of the jewelry is divided by decade. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so she's like her favorite decade is the aughts. So like the early 1900s and talking about how there's a golden locket and it has a single like diamond chip in it, but it's made to look like a starburst. And she's like, it is her favorite thing in the store, but it costs $400. And so, and it's while like she's looking through all of this stuff, um, Peter comes out of the back room and she's like, what what are you doing here? And he's like, uh, it's my mom's shop. And she's like, yes, but I literally never see you here. And he's like, do you work here? Like sometimes he's like, no. He's like, my mom just needed me to like deliver this, you know, deliver something. Yeah. And so, which that leads into a whole thing that is not in the movie. And I really kind of wish it was because there's a whole scene of, because during this time, like they're, they're, they're doing their fake dating. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just like, of nothing you know it's not a um it's not like part of their contract it's not a party it's not a game it's not like watching these movies whatever he invites her he's like he's like oh god my mom is making me drive over to so and so it's like a couple of hours away like i gotta pick up some chairs at an estate sale and and all this and and she's like oh well you know that sounds that sounds you know just kind of making small talk and then he's like you should come with me and she's like but you literally just said it was going to be like super boring and he's like yeah but not if you're with me see I love Lord Gina Peters yes I'm just gonna say it right now we haven't even hit it yet in the story and, but I love yeah, them well, and so so they end up going like they end up going to the estate sale and it turns into this whole thing of um. Like, apparently there's a, um, <laughs> there's an old couple who run an antique store who, like, like Peter says something of, like, he's like, you know, oh, it's, you know, so, like, Ed and Phyllis, or whatever the fuck their names are, he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, they got there five minutes before me at the last sale, like, and they outbid me on this thing, and he's like, it will not stand today, and so, so, it's like, he's telling her, he's like, be on the lookout, like, for this car, if you see it, and then, so, like, they're driving, and she's like, I see it, I see it, and, like, it turns into them, like, like, fucking, like, I could, like, see yes, this like, fucking, head. like, drag racing to get to this estate sale to get some antique yeah. chairs. I'm gonna have to read these books. Oh yeah, it's it's something that I've thought of before that I need to read them, but I hadn't. I it, hadn't around to but it. it. Yeah, it's like there's just touches like that that I absolutely love. Yeah, and and yeah, like that, like just her love of vintage things. It just it it's definitely like a defining point of her character. Yeah. More so in the book than in the movie, yeah. but it, it's definitely a through line. She she likes things that are different for sure. Yes. Like even what she wears is so different to what everyone else wears at school. Mm-hmm. Like I I love the like it wouldn't work on this people. Her cute little blazer outfits are freaking adorable. Yes, but yeah. So she like. Margot breaks up with Josh and comes and climbs in bed with sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, now you're going to be the big sister. You have to be, you know, buck up and be the example. Yeah. And I was like, that's not cool. I get what you're doing. <laughs> but, well, and to, to like, be, Ma- yeah. Well, Laura Jean's room was like a, a mess. It's a disaster. The, basically what it is is that after, after their mom died, mm-hmm. Margot kind of stepped in and took over the role of being, 
mom. Yeah, being caretaker. Of being the caretaker. And so she relies on Laura Jean mm-hmm. to do a lot of that stuff. And or like to do that or to help her. Mm-hmm. And now that Margot is going off to college, yeah. it's going to fall to Laura Jean to do all to do the things that Margot used and to do. And be the example for Kitty. And be the example for Kitty. And so, and, so here, fill this box up with things for goodwill. <laughs> well and the like, you know, in the in the book it's talking about, you know, um, <laughs> like it's Margot is getting ready to, mm-hmm. you know, it's the day that they are taking her to the to the airport. And, and, uh, Laura Jean comes down, comes down to the kitchen and she sees, um, she sees Margot like turning on like the coffee pot or something like that. And like all of a sudden Laura Jean just has this moment of panic and she's like, how much water did you put in that? And, uh, how, how many scoops of coffee beans am I supposed <laughs> to put in there? She's like, and, and Margot's just like, you'll, you'll figure it out. It's fine. Um, but just all of a sudden her having these moments of panic of like, oh my God, like this. Mm-hmm. Like what Margot used to do in the morning, like now I'm going to have to do that. And, you know, and then later on, you know, Margot always did the baking for like the bake sale for mm-hmm. Kitty's school. And so now Laura Jean is having to do it. And um, they bring that, they don't talk about exactly that, but you yeah. get that idea in the movie too. Yeah. But yeah, I, so anyway, in the movie, she's, Margot's packing up to leave and everything. I, the line that, that she says though, I don't have it written down. But it's a Laura Jean voiceover, and she's like, I always knew Margot uh, throughout things she didn't need. I didn't know it extended to people. And you yeah. see this shot of Margot and Josh looking at each other mm-hmm. as Margot gets in the car to leave. And I'm just like, oh, that's... Yeah, man. Oh, that's good. It's <laughs> like, real good. Like, because Margot does. She, she If she doesn't need it anymore, you get rid of it, you give mm-hmm. it away, you throw it away, whatever you need to do. Yes. But she's very much like that type of, of person. Mm-hmm. Laura Jean is not that type of person. Laura Jean revels in her... I was going to say differentness, but I don't even mean it that well, way. Well, no, it's... But, but Laura Jean seems more like, like, she has, like, a pile of clothes on the floor. Laura Jean... Laura Jean holds on to things yeah. that have... It's not so much that think Laura Jean holds on to things that have, have significance. Laura Jean, and this goes into her having preferences for vintage things, mm-hmm. Laura Jean holds on to things that are old. Mm-hmm. And, and in the And in the book that's partly explained away as like, because she, she's an avid like scrapbooker. Okay. And so, so she saves, so she saves a lot of things because like, she wants to hold on to them as either like mementos or, you know, things to like put in a scrapbook. Yeah. Stuff like that. So like that, that to me, like as soon as it talked about like her being a scrapbooker, I was like, okay, I get why she's into all of these things. Yeah. But so then they go back to like, we take Margo to the airport. We say her goodbyes. Mm -hmm. And Janelle Parrish leaves the movie for a while. <laughs> yes. Uh, to go to Scotland. Scotland. And then we come back, and Laura Jean's like, who am I going to sit with at school? What's this going to be like kind of thing? Because mm-hmm. um, Laura Jean's first day of 11th grade, I love the little pictures yeah. that Laura Jean does not want to take and has to. Also, Laura Jean hates driving. And is yes. a bad driver. Occasionally, apparently. She hates it. She's terrified of it. She she is terrified of driving. Yeah, because it becomes a metaphor later on in the movie. But yeah, Well, yeah, and, and in the book, um, in the book she actually, uh, like, Chris is at the mall and is, like, trying on a, like, trying on a leather jacket and is like, you have to get over here and see this. And Laura Jean is like, but that, like, oh, that means I have to drive over there. Can't you just send me a picture? It's like, no, like, get over here right away. And, and so Laura Jean gets in the car. She starts driving. 
uh, starts driving over there. She makes a wrong turn and she kind of ends up in a neighborhood that she's not familiar with. Comes to a four-way stop. Doesn't see anybody and so starts to just breeze on through. But then it's like as she is in the middle of the intersection sees the car that is coming at her from the right. And so she gets into a fender bender at, you know, at this four-way stop. And so she just, like, she's, like, freaking out. She's trying not to cry. Like, you know, the guy's like, there's no damage to my car. It's fine. Like, and he just goes on. And she panics. And she calls Josh because she doesn't know what else to do. And Josh is like, okay, just sit tight. Like, you know, where are you? Well, I don't know. Okay, just find street signs. <laughs> like, where, just give me a vicinity of where you are. Mm-hmm. And so while she's waiting for Josh and basically is just like sitting in her car crying, just kind of like off the side of the road, Peter comes by and like rolls down the window and is like, are you okay? <laughs> And, and she, she's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, it's like, wow, your car, you got some damage done to it. Like, did you call AAA? He's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you, you should really call AAA. He's like, do you want me to call them for you? And she's like, no, it's fine. And he's like, do you ha- is somebody coming to get you? And like, basically he just kind of sits there with her and like talks her through all of this. And then finally she's like, don't you have somewhere to be? <laughs> And just kind of, like, she's just like, I don't know why you're here. Because Peter Kavinsky is a good boy. He really is. I haven't even read the book, and I know that. But, yeah, so... so it's, but, yeah, yeah so the like, driving it's, thing it's is a thing. The, she has, a, like, a phobia of driving. Yeah. In it's It doesn't come across as avidly as it does in the book. Is like, she really... Like, she's terrified of driving, and then her having that little fender bender, that, yep. it it did it did nothing to help it. Yeah, well, because in the, in the movie, she almost hits Peter. <laughs> like, yes. like, she's backing out of his face and almost hits Peter. It's like, oh, nope, we're just waiting. And the, the part where she goes, we're waiting in the parking lot for everybody to leave. <laughs> was just like, I loved it so much. But yeah, so she... They go to school, and that's when we meet uh, Jen... Genevieve, Genevieve. Colby, Colby, yeah, goes by Jen, which basically the shorthand is, is that Genevieve was her best friend when they were in seventh grade, when they were in seventh grade. Um, now, um, you know, basically like they got older, Genevieve's popularity outstripped her own. So they were no longer friends. Yeah. Um, at least that's what she thinks. And that's what she thinks. And, and so to, um, it was like now her current best friend is Chrissy or Chris, which is Genevieve's cousin. Yeah. And Peter is Jen's boyfriend, Peter Kavinsky, who is the Peter that she wrote the letter about in seventh grade. He was Mm -hmm. her first kiss at a spin the bottle boy girl party. Yes. It's the, the flashback in the movie is super cute. It is. Um, and they, they conflate the two different characters because in the way that it happens in the book, uh, the other person that she wrote a letter to John Ambrose, who was like with the model UN. Yes. He will be in the next movie. Yes. He will be in the next movie. He was spin the bottle guy. Oh. In the in this, basically, like there was some kind of like boy girl thing going on, and like basically, Peter and Jen were kind of playing, playing some kind of like they were just like playing games with each other of like a you know like a push pull kind mm-hmm. of 
kind of thing. And so they're at this part and just all of a sudden Peter is like, he's just kind of near Laura Jean. And then just all of a sudden like, Mwah! and he like, he like kisses her. And so she talks about in her, like in her letter to him talking about how like angry and like frustrated she is with him for stealing her first kiss and and stuff like that and so that like it happens a little bit differently but like I, the whole spin the bottle idea i it's, love well, it's so cute because she knows and like she said yeah. the thing, I, everyone knew that jen and peter wanted to kiss each other mm-hmm. but you know that it happened or at least that's what she thinks once again, yeah. that's what she thinks i don't know that that's the way peter felt because peter is very willing to put that aside and kiss her yeah Cause again, he 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 goes ninety, she goes ten to reverse hitch this. Yes, like that is how it happens. And as Jen is just appalled in the background, yeah. which is so cute. But yeah, so now flashback back in present day, and she mock Jen mocks her boots, the vintage boots she's wearing, and Peter's like, and she, then kind of storms off. And I love Peter's just like she's on this diet, she just got off caffeine. I'm really sorry, like. <laughs> like you're such a nice boy and then he walk, he like chases her down because he's kind of a puppy with jen a little bit yeah and and yeah so then you get christine and, and lj chris and lj going off <laughs> and chris ditches her when it comes it's to like, lunchtime chris goes to subway, subway and, so yeah so i have that down as as lunchroom anxiety oh jen, yeah because because um because lj like she just doesn't know like she just doesn't know like where to sit and the thing and like in in the book it's stressed that the cafeteria is for the popular people and that and that you basically like the other people you know like that's why you see like josh and margo and laura jean like eating outside. out eating outside on the bleachers see, and i love stuff that, like that they didn't say that but i kind yeah. of understood that like, yeah i'm sorry i love how well they visually did some things this yes movie. there's some other things that i think were too heavy-handed like there's one thing I think is just too heavy handed, but other than that, we'll get there. There's it, it doesn't hurt the movie for me. Okay, but it's it, I just think I, I wish the scene was excised. We'll get there. It's not it's not very far now, I, but, but but yeah. So so yeah, you get the whole thing. Like you you get the setup. Like she and Josh are gonna be okay. They're listening to music together on a on yeah on a, a, a headphones together, and she's like, it's, Josh and I are okay. To, yeah, she's trying to get back to being the friends that they were and, before he dated Mark. Well, and the only thing Josh says is, "Did you know she was going to do that?" Because you guys saw each other everything, and she's like, "I did not." No, she had no clue. She's like, "I had no idea she was going to do that." Because I think if she had known, she would have given him a heads up. Mm-hmm. Number one, she just for buying a plane ticket because <laughs> that's not cool. Yeah. But yeah, so they're they're kind of getting back, and then we get the Golden Girls Marathon. Yes. Like, well, first we get her almost hitting Kavinsky, and Kavinsky, and they call each other Kavinsky and Covey for like yeah. half the movie, which I love. <laughs> and like she rolls her window down, and he's like, you know, you're supposed to use your mirrors. And the sister, meanwhile, has a bicycle helmet I fu- on. I fucking love Kitty my so sister, much. That's my sister. Yes, my sister oh, would do yes. that in a nutshell, like like in a split second, she would do that. But yeah, so so Peter kind of gives her like a little tease, but grins at her like. Like, he's, he's so nice to her when he doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Like, he gives her, like, that little sideways grin. And he has he has an affluent charm. Yeah. And that's Noah Centennial, like, yes. just in general. Because I watched him in The Perfect Date as well. And I told you I watched Sierra Burgess. Sierra, the only reason to watch Sierra Burgess for me is the scenes of him and his brother. Because mm-hmm. his little boy, his brother's a deaf, a deaf boy. And so yeah. they do scenes in ASL together. Which, you know already, that's already, like, I'm there. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, they have really good scenes that way. 
And like he, he's just got that charm for every uh-huh. in everything I've seen him in. I I haven't brought up something that I was going to say early on because this is the first thing I've ever seen Noah Centennial in. Mm-hmm. I have not watched any of the other stuff. I have not watched any of the other stuff. So this is the first thing I've ever seen him in. And like within like the first like thirty seconds of him speaking, I was like, there's something. Like, there were, there was just something niggling in the back of my head. And I'm like, there's a familiarity here that I cannot place. And I don't remember what the moment was. But from, like, five, maybe ten minutes later, I suddenly realized, holy fuck, he sounds exactly like Mark Ruffalo. I can see that. Like, to my ear. Yeah, was like, I can absolutely hear he that. Ab- he sounds so much yeah, like Mark I can, Ruffalo. I can hear that. Yeah. And literally, it's like, I'm hearing, like, I'm hearing Noah Centennial as I'm watching this thing, but, like, in my brain, I've also got Mark Ruffalo in spotlight happening in the back <laughs> of my brain. It's like, it's just this weird thing that I'm like, every so often, I'm like, what sorcery is this? <laughs> but but yeah, so he gives he kind of teases Laura Jean, and that's where we get the she's like she puts the car back in park, and yeah, sister asks what are we doing, and she's like we're so where, where are we going? we're staying here until everyone leaves. Yeah, the parking lot is empty. We are not moving. <laughs> so then we get Saturday night of the first after the first week of school, and you have Laura Jean and her sister Kitty, and Kitty. watching a Golden Girls marathon, and I miss Josh and his impression of Blanche. I would like to have seen that. I want it. <laughs> Like, that would have been good. Yes. But, like, I love that these two sisters are just sitting there watching Golden Girls. Like, that is such a... Because Laura Jean, and Peter says it later, she has the references of an 80-year-old woman. (laughs) Because Laura Jean is into 80s movies. Like, it's vintage. It's all stuff. Yeah, everything about Laura Jean is vintage. She's into Golden Girls and and John Hughes movies Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's so funny. Like, I love the way that they did that. Like, it's it's a clever... It's a clever way of showing and not telling, and I love it. Yes, but it's so good. But my other, like my other favorite kitty moment happens here, where she tells Laura Jean, "Laura Jean, I'm eleven. I don't want to be mean, but I'm eleven, and I cancel, cancel plans, plans to stay in with you. So you're you're sixteen. Doesn't that make you feel like a little bit sad? Yeah, <laughs> like this is kind of pathetic. It's a Saturday night, and you had nothing to do yeah. but watch Golden Girls and hang out with your, your sister. sister. Yeah." And then the scene that I think should be cut from the movie, isn't it? Because you have you you have Kitty sneak up into her room and turn the light on in the closet, and I went, "Oh, you just gave away." Oh, okay. <laughs> you gave away who sent the blood. Not that I didn't, couldn't have figured well, it out. See, in yeah, but in in the book, it's at the point like where where I stopped listening because I I got to the point like where they were like leaving the ski lodge um, is where I got to in the audiobook. And, um, at that point, it had not been revealed that, that it was Kitty, but, um, here's a fun little fact, um, about this book is that, um, it's after, after Margot has left for Scotland, Josh kind of, you know, still comes over because Josh is just like so deeply ingrained mm-hmm. with the Covey family and like their dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, and so he still comes over and he's hanging out with, um, with Laura Jean and Kitty and, um, and there's something, uh, Oh, <laughs> they make like one offhand, like reference to it in the movie. Uh, about Kitty wanting a dog, mm-hmm. it's it is all through the book. Like it is, it is an 
all-consuming obsession. Which the, the reaction that the dad has tells you that this is not the first time yes. he had this conversation. Yeah. And yeah, it's like it is an all-consuming obsession. And Laura Jean is just kind of teasing Kitty because Kitty is just like, like, I want this dog. It's gonna be this color. It's gonna be a you know, it's gonna be a boy, you know. All of the like she has just got it. Like she has her dream dog in her head. And, and like, she is literally, like, while, like, while they're all kind of hanging out, she is putting together a dog collage to put somewhere that dad will notice it. (laughs) Because obviously dad can't know that she wants a dog. Um, And Laura Jean just kind of starts teasing her and um, just starts teasing her about wanting this dog. And, and she's like, she's like, well, what are you going to name it? And Kitty just like shuts down and Josh is like, Oh, come on. You know, I like, what, what are you going to name it? Like, I, I want to know. And she's just like, n- n- nothing. Like I, I don't have anything. Like, no, just, um, and just like said, she kind of shuts down. And so Josh kind of prods Laura Jean about it. And Laura Jean, she's not going to give away Katie or like Kitty's secret, but she tells Josh it's like she it's like she wants to name the dog after a boy that she likes. And come find out that boy is Josh. Oh, so all the Coveys have a all, crush on Josh. All of, all of the co- all of the Covey girls have I love it. have a crush on Josh. Which is and, which is a Yes, and so and it's because of that because Kitty is so Fucking pissed. Oh, at that Laura makes more Jean. sense. Yeah, at Laura Jean. Speaking as a, as a sister, that makes a yes, lot more because, sense. Yes, she is so fucking pissed at Laura Jean. And, like, to the point that, like, she still isn't talking to her, like, a couple of days later. Like, she's so pissed at Laura Jean for nearly revealing, you know, something like that, like, that precious to her heart. Like, nearly giving away that secret that that's why, like, she goes in and takes the hat box and mails the letters. Whereas in the movie, it's because she wants her sister to get a life. Yeah. I, I like both versions. I do too. <laughs> but yeah, so so we we see her go into the room. We don't see her send the letters. Because she would never do that to her sister. <clears throat> so mm. then, like, it's probably a few days later, you see uh, Chris and LJ running on the track at yeah. school. Kavinsky comes up to talk to her. It's like I'm. I'm really flattered. That like I, yeah, I appreciate it, but it's never going to happen. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't really remember the kiss, but he goes. It was a long time ago. I, I think it was hot. Sure, for like a for seventh like grade. seventh grade. Yeah, sure. I'm glad you think my eyes have like. And she sees the letter and passes the she, crap. She out. just faints. So just down. Bam. She's and, on the ground. And, and wakes up to him being like, are you okay? Can I get you some water? Because once again, Peter Kavinsky is a caretaker. Like, he is. And you find out with his backstory, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, with, with what you know, find out about his background later, makes a lot of sense that he, he mm-hmm. that's what he does. But he's like, can I get you some water? Did you hit your head? Like, he's he's helping her to her feet. Yes. And then she sees Josh walking down Josh, the sidewalk. Josh is slowly approaching, and she sees a letter in his hand. It's the letter. It's she the can tell. letter. The letter that she wrote yep. him and so i don't know why but my i laugh really hard that i'm like her panic brain the first thing she decides to do is grab peter and roll him over and plant one on him and a good like she gets one she gets him good he's in love from that moment on no not really but close <laughs> like there's there's definite like 
um, like interest. Oh, like he kind of cocks his eyebrow after she's done and walks yeah. away. He's like, "What is happening?" Like yeah, he's so, so confused. I love and like and then like she runs. She runs away to hide in the bathroom. Yeah, gets up and literally runs away. Yes. as the coach is yelling at her that she has more laps to do, she runs. Yes, Josh just stops because he's just like physically ill at the thought of her <laughs> with Peter Kavinsky, and she um, runs into the bathroom. Runs yeah. into the bathroom. And that's when Lucas, Lucas comes in. Lucas comes in and he tells her, he's like, he's like, you know, I really appreciate all of this. And he's like, it just, but it just seemed really personal. And I thought I would give you your letter. Back. You should have it back. You yeah. It's it too back. personal for me to keep. And I was like, yeah. that, I love I, Lucas. I like Lucas. And then he also goes, and you do know that I'm gay, right? Yeah. And I love the, no, I did not. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the voiceover. No, I did not. <laughs> Followed by the yep, sure, absolutely, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. In um in the book, you know, when Peter gets her to tell him, you know, who the other like the other letters that she wrote, um, you know, she says, you know, Lucas, you know, like from from homecoming and everything. And he's like, you know, he's gay, right? And she's like, it's like I can't remember like what it is that she says, but he was like. He wore an ascot to this thing the other day. And she's like, I'm sure he was wearing it ironically. And so they have this whole conversation. At homecoming, she compliments him on his ascot in the in the Yeah, thing. and he's like, like it's, a, it's a cravat, actually. Yeah, it's so great. And, but yeah. It's, but yeah, so like he's just, she's like, no, it's like literally, like everybody knows. And she's like, no, I'm sure it's not. And so then like when Lucas tells her, she's just like, oh, <laughs> So yeah, they Lucas tells her, and then so she's like, "Okay, that's awkward, but thank you for the letter back." And he's going to keep it a secret because mm-hmm. because yeah, he he's not about embarrassing her. Like it, no, it's very he's not. like he's very cool about it. And then she goes home that, and like freaks out, goes to her yeah. closet, and the letters are gone. Yes. The box itself is gone. And so she, and her dad's actually home for once, and she's like, "Have you seen the box with with the that the mom gave it to me?" And he's like. Hi, Dad. How are you? How was your day? Great. I delivered a baby here. Like, it came in six hours. Yeah. And she's just, like, has no time for her dad. No, of course not. Kitty, meanwhile, is on a couch, like, making this face, like, to the camera. Yeah. Where you can, only the camera can see. She's like, (laughs) I know nothing. Trying very hard not to be suspicious. And lucky the letter to Kenny from camp came back. Came back returned to sender. Because she addressed it to camp. Which is what she, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but the um, but after this is like Josh come like she yeah. like she's I love it. She's upstairs in her room, and you just hear her dad called down. It was like like Lord Jean, like Josh is here, and then cut to like, like her sneaking out the window. Before that, she's talking to Fantasy Josh. Yes, because Fantasy Josh appears. Uh, three three times I think. Yeah, about three times. Um, and then like this is the second of his appearances, and he's like, I love how how this part is shot too. Yes, like he'll just all of a sudden be sitting somewhere, and then the camera will switch, and oh, he's over here on this wall. Yeah, he's he's on bed behind her, and he's quoting the love letter yes. at one point. And she's like, "Stop it, you're Margot's. This isn't going to happen." Mm-hmm. And he's I actually wrote it down, at least if I can find it. 
Because she sees out the window Josh walking up to the door, yeah. and, and fantasy Josh goes, I'm more real to you than he is. Yeah. I was like, that's, yes! It's such a good line. That's the point. Yes. But, so yeah, she climbs out the window and runs <laughs> away. That, I don't know why, just... Oh, it's hilarious. I just, I love that so much. That moment she drops off the roof of the porch, and, and you hear the, ow! And yeah. like the jumping on a bicycle, it's hilarious. Like, yes. It's such a and good comedy beat. That's yes. Not, well, the other thing like, about this movie... Is that part is not mean spirited? Like she's not. No. No one that gets a letter that we see in the movie is mean spirited about it. No. Like Josh wants to talk to her because he's like, um, clearly we need to have and, a yeah, conversation. Yeah, I, I have I have things to say about that that are in the book. Yeah, and we we will get to it. But um, but yeah, so she runs to this cafe called the Corner Cafe. Yeah. And you find out later it's where her mom and dad used to go. She doesn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. But I love that that yes. cafe has so much family history and she's even mm-hmm. unaware of it. But the waitress clearly knows yeah. her. Well, in the in the book, the cafe is a place that she and Josh and Margo would go. Oh. And basically, and, and, like, and at some point, you know, he texts her. He's like, you, me, diner, just like old times. You know, wanting her to show up there. And basically, and I loved this little detail. Because this is one thing that's in the book that doesn't come across in the movie. There is so much conveyed through the preparing and the eating of food in this because like they're constantly making cookies and cupcakes and you know her dad making like korean recipes and you know because her dad like like at least like once a week it's like basically like on sundays like he makes korean food because he doesn't know how else to help them retain their Korean heritage. And I, but I love that he wants them to. Like, yes. that act of wanting them to is yes. so important, I yes. think. And, and to do it in the movie. Because they do it in the movie, too. So, yeah. Yeah. The difference is, is that he's he's a pretty good cook. And, like, and he loves to cook. It's just sometimes things go a little bit awry. <laughs> like, he... Well, this one Korean dinner, he puts way too much salt in the brine on some pork. And so it's like way too salty to eat, but like Kitty and and Laura Jean try to choke it down kind of thing. But um but food plays an important part in a lot of interactions. And and one of the things like in um in the book, Josh and Margot and Laura Jean would go to this diner and they would always sit in the back near the jukebox and Josh would always bring quarters for Laura Jean to put in the jukebox and they would order. Um, I can't remember what it was that Margo would order, but basically they would like Josh and Laura Jean would order uh, grilled cheese sandwiches. One of them would order a bowl of soup and like just put it a bowl of tomato soup to put in the middle of the table so they could each eat their tomato sandwich and dunk it in the tomato soup. And then like they would share like some kind of dessert waffle or something like that. And so like they had their routine and they had their thing that they do. And it was something that they did often of going to this diner. And so where I got to in the book, I don't know if it comes up in the book that it was a place of her parents, but it holds a significance in the book because it's, you know, it was such a, like, a cornerstone mm-hmm. of, like, of what they used to do as, like, their little trio. But, but yeah, um, so she's she's at that diner, yeah. eating at a cafe, eat, drinking, a, like, a Coke or something. Black, black cherry Coke. Yep. And Kaminsky sits down next to her, and I love the waitress is like, is he with you? Yeah. And he's, she's like, no, he's not. I'll have a chocolate milkshake. Yeah. 
and then you know, she, the waitress goes to get it, and and he, she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I wanted to reiterate that I'm not interested. Yeah. Because clearly you didn't get it before. Yeah. And then like, I'm not trying to date you. And and he's like, but uh, what you kind of, you know, tackled me and mm-hmm. and kissed me. And she's like, yeah, no, I needed to make someone else think. And she goes through the whole thing and, yeah. and reveals to him that he's not the only one to get a letter. He is so just offended, like, so yes. offended at that. <laughs> it's like, you're a player, Covey. Like, who knew? Yeah. I, I love their interactions. Just every they, single scene they're in, I'm not going to say it every time. They have their interactions are amazing. They have such good chemistry, and, and like, and they have they have good timing together. Mm-hmm. And so he offer like after talking for a few minutes, he offers to take her back to the house. He goes, "That's your bike outside because it's like the sparkly like kitty type bike, like kid type bike, not kitty." Well, in in the book, she does use Kitty's bike because Margot's is too big for her. So yeah, so she so he loads the bike onto the back of his car and takes him home. Mm-hmm. And when they get there, he asks her, and I love his face in in these in mm-hmm. these scenes is so interesting to me because I think he's fascinated with her in that moment. Like mm-hmm. as much as yeah, he does like the idea of getting back at Jen. There's something about Laura Covey, Laura Jean Covey, that he is like that now. She she was the girl who was invisible, but now there's a mystery there. Yeah, well, he, she told him about all... When, he, when it was just him getting the letter, he was a little freaked out. And I was like, yeah. oh, wait, there were five of them. They were written a long time ago. Yeah. Thing, things... You don't have a tattoo of my of my face on your ass. Like, we're good. Yeah. And so I love that whole, like... She, he goes, well, what are you going to tell him? And she's like, it's, you don't have to worry about it. It's none of your business. Like, like it doesn't have anything to do with you. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then she gets out of the car, and he follows her. He's like, what if you don't tell him? Mm-hmm. What if we just let everybody think we're together? And I mean everybody. Because Jen went bananas after yeah. finding out you kissed me. And she's like, ugh. But then you're just using me. And he goes, yeah, because you didn't just use me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've already, you've I, already, like, you've already yeah. used me, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and I also like the subversion of, like, that this time it's the guy who's proposing the fake dating. Yeah. I love that. The, oh, Yeah. And he's like, you already used me, so it's only, you know, kind of turned out as fair play. And then he tells her, you know, think about it. Mm-hmm. And gets back in his car. And Josh has already got, like, Josh is a little jealous. Oh, yeah. I love that. Because Josh is like, how long have you been hanging out with, with uh, Laura? With, with Laura Jean? Jean? He's like, oh, you yeah, know, not very long. And he, he plays it so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, Peter does that way. If she decides to go with it, they're good. And if she doesn't, they're still good. Mm-hmm. Like, man, he is just so... I, I enjoy that part so much. And I think he enjoys winding up Josh a little bit more oh, than he yeah. should. <laughs> yes, a little bit absolutely. more than he should. But, like, his face in these scenes is just, like... I'm always I'm always like, how much of him is doing this to hang out with Laura Jean more? Mm-hmm. And how much of him is doing it because of Jen? Because, like, it feels like it's, there's a little bit of It's a fine line. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Laura Jean is... Fantasy Josh is making his final appearance mm-hmm. now, thank goodness. And... Because she's laying on the floor, and Fantasy Josh is laying next to her on the floor, and they're having this conversation, and then Fantasy Kavinsky shows up yes. and gets rid of Fantasy Josh. Like, just tells yeah. him to go away, and he does. I lo- and he goes, can we see what do it again? I, like, <laughs> yeah. that, that moment. I'm like, <laughs> she's got Peter Fantasy Peter Kavinsky down better than anyone else. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so then she goes to him on the lacrosse field the next day and tells him, let's do this thing. Yeah. He plants one on her in front of everybody. She decides that is not happening again. Yes. And then we have the contract. The contract. <laughs> um, 
no kissing, but he can put his hand in her back pocket because mm-hmm. he's he makes a good point of we're teenagers. Like, yeah, if we're not, if I can't touch you, no oh, one's gonna yeah. buy that we're together. So she's like, you can put your hand in my back pocket, and he's like, what uh, does that mean? She's like, it's <gasps> the opening shot of Sixteen Candles. It's an iconic image, and he's like, uh, okay, what's that? <laughs> That's when the references of eighty year old, like, yeah, she, she, yeah I, I love because she tells him she's like, you may be the James Dean of this sort of thing, but she's like, I've never done anything like this before, and he's like, okay, firstly you have the references of an 80 year old woman. Yeah. I love that. And so then he's like, okay, fine. If we, if we can't touch, then yeah, we'll, we'll do the, the, the mm-hmm. she goes, and we're going to watch 16 candles. Cause you've never seen it. Yeah. And she's like, and then finally you it's can't just, tell anybody. And he's like, well, yeah, it's the first rule of fight club, fight club rules. And she's like, what? Uh, what? You've never seen fight. Write that down. Write it down. We're, we're watching that. Yeah. We'll double feature. Double feature. <laughs> the candles thing. And then fight club. And then, so they get that. And then they get, um, she has to get all his lacrosse games and parties. Mm hmm. He's, he's, he's going to drive her and Laura and uh, Kitty. Kitty, and then he's going to write her notes every day. Yes, because it's something that and Jen always wanted to do. Yes, he says. And then the ski trip. Yes, which, which you know, Laura Jean kind of thinks like, well, okay, this is three months away. Like, hopefully, we're not still going to be we doing this doing by this. then. It's like, but we'll put it in the contract just in case. He's planning long term. I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, he's yeah. not just planning. Oh, I Like, know. there's so much to it. Um, But yeah, so, and he goes, because no girl would let their boyfriend go on the ski trip alone. Yeah. Just wouldn't happen. Um, I did love, like, during this conversation, I, one of my favorite lines of the movie is, you know, he's telling, you know, basically they're negotiating, like, okay, like, well, if they can't kiss you, you know, like, we can hold hands or we can do this. And, and and that whole thing you're talking about, like teenagers being very like tactile with yeah, one they another, would, they would touch she, each other, and she doesn't want that, and so and and so he's like asking her why, and her response is, you know, like I don't want all of my firsts to be fake. Makes sense. Yeah. So like when I make out with somebody, I want it to mean something. Yeah. And he, I will, I love that he's like, okay, he yeah, back, he totally backs off after that, and like that's and really, it's like, but we need a solution. Yes. And so yeah, they 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 are tactile. They hold hands. He put he put his arm around her. Basically, like p- normal PDA stuff minus kissing, like nothing inappropriate. It's, yeah, uh, and the hand in the back pocket, which is I love when it actually happens. It's but, so funny. But yeah, so and then so they they shake on it. Yeah. Uh, the next day he shows up to drive her, and as he calls her little LJ to school. Yes. Okay. I have to interject with this. Uh-huh. So the first time to- in the book, um. He, like, he's decided, like, okay, he's going to come pick up Laura Jean, and it's the first time he's coming to pick her up. It has been stated several times in, um, you know, in the book that he drives a, that he drives an Audi, like, a two-seater Audi convertible. And, and so he, this morning that he comes to pick her up, Laura Jean has forgotten that Kitty has a field trip. And so Kitty has to be at school 20 minutes earlier than normal so she can leave for the field trip josh is already gone um she doesn't really have anybody else who can take kitty because she had the fender bender so her car is in the shop their dad is already gone she has no solution for getting kitty where she needs to be and so josh pulls up or not josh but um peter pulls up into car and and she's like, okay, we have to take my little sister. And like, and he's kind, he's very annoyed and kind of like frustrated of like, you realize this is a two seater. And she's like, I know, but like, I like it can't be helped. He's like, well, why didn't you tell me this before? She's like, I didn't know before. And, and so they're kind of having this argument. And and so basically, like, they decide, like, 
the only solution they have is to put Kitty on her lap and, like, buckle them in super tight, like, him drive, like, really slow. Thank God the elementary school is only, like, two miles away. So, like, you know, that's the fix. And so, after that, when he comes to pick up Laura Jean, just in the event that Kitty comes with him, he's driving his mom's minivan. Oh, I love Peter Kavinsky. Yeah. Like, he's a good, good boy. It's, like, I love it. Like, that moment, I just went, like, oh, oh my God. But, yeah, he from then on, like, he drives, unless he knows specifically that it's just going to be him and Laura Jean, if he knows that they're taking Kitty, he brings his mom's minivan. Nice. It was such a good touch. So, so in the movie... He endears himself to Kitty right away, away because he asks her what she's drinking and she's drinking. First, he asks her her name and she's like <laughs> Catherine, whatever. Like Catherine, Catherine Song Covey. And he's like, what, what are you drinking? And she's like, it's a, or Kitty to my friends. You can call oh, me Catherine. Catherine. Feisty, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and Laura G just like, I love Laura G the other. She's like, oh my God. Like, yeah. This, is, this may have been a really bad idea. Oh yeah. Like you can but see he, the, the really, yeah, he, he's just like, what's that you're drinking? She's like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a Korean yogurt drink. Like, Give me a sip of that. And it's you know, like, he, like she passes it up too. And he's like, he's like, these are good. And what do I have to do to get one of these next time, Catherine? Yeah. So you can call me Kitty. <laughs> You're driving us again? Well, yeah. You can call me Kitty. Yeah. And then he leans over to Laura Jean and is just like, progress. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know I, why. I lose it at that every I see, time. I, I love how good he is with Kitty. Oh, he is. He's so good with Kitty. And it's like, and, you know, and like, like I said before, it's like we see Josh, and Josh is part of the family dynamic yeah. just by being their next door neighbor and like, and been friends with the girls yeah. since they were all kids. And he is just an ingrained part of this family dynamic. But the fact that, like, when Peter steps into it and he does so, so flawlessly. He does. It is just, it. It, oh, my gosh. It's but, amazing. So then they get to school and we get the hand in the back pocket and the spin, mm-hmm. which I don't remember if this is in the trivia on IMDb. The spin was, was a improv. was an improv. They were just goofing around with him. Yeah. I was like, that's too good. You have to do yeah. that. Like, that is, that is way too good. So I love that that was an improv. Like, mm-hmm. that and then the picture toward the end of the movie is an actual candid shot. Yeah. Th- those two things. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Yes. I love it. I love Th- it That so shows much. their chemistry. It's so good. But yeah, and then he gives her the notes in the lunchroom and they uh-huh. go their separate ways to have uh-huh. lunch. And Josh is really offended that she's dating Kavinsky. Oh, yeah. Like, Josh is super offended about it. But, you know, mm-hmm. he can get over himself. <laughs> like I, the book, I, I've heard that the book involves him much more, and it's much yes because the movie can't; it doesn't have time. It, the movie does not have time to involve oh. Josh as much as he is in the book. Yeah, but so we get the back pocket spin, then we get the freak out with Margot on Skype because she she made it a point. Laura Jean has that she can't tell any of this to Margot mm-hmm. because how is she going to explain it to Margot? Yeah, because like why would you be faking a relationship with this guy? Well, I'm faking a relationship because I can't let your boyfriend know I'm in love with him. Like she can't yeah. tell Margot that. Like. In her mind, the other thing I love is she's never making a play for Josh. Ever. Never. Josh is now a closed book. Like, there's no, never, ever, it's like ever, the, ever. that the door is closed and locked. There like may she, be lingering feelings, but she has no intention of ever exploring that. Yeah. Ever. And, and so, but she can't find a way to explain that to Josh. Mm-hmm. Which is really the whole reason this plot is happening. Yes. Is she's a teenage teenager who has no idea how to put her feelings into words. Mm-hmm. 
Which I love. Yes, it's true. No, I absolutely get it. But yeah, so so you get the uh, the freak out. Like she freaks out with Margot and ends up talking to her for just like two seconds. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta go make cupcakes for uh, for Kitty. Saying we should have made brownies. Brownies are easier. And then she's like, "Well, I'm making cupcakes. Yeah, I have the stuff for it. I'm making cupcakes. Okay, sorry, fine. Just make your cup. Like that was yeah. such a sister sister moment. Like, geez, Louise. Yeah, I wasn't trying to just make your cupcakes. I'm sorry. And she's like, "Bye. I gotta go." And Margaret's like, "Okay, but." And yeah. that's the last we see Margo for a while. <laughs> yeah. And um, she goes down to make the cupcakes and Peter, Peter shows, shows up. <laughs> and this, it basically gets to the same place. Like the movie does the movie in the book. The, the slight difference in these two scenes is that she's making, she's making the cupcakes and she's, she's making six dozen cupcakes. And, and so she's like, she's trying to like count out like how many cups of flour that she needs. And, and, and she's just, you know, she's busy doing this, like, because the bake sale is tomorrow and, you know, somebody's at the door and here's Peter and, and he comes in and he's like, what are you doing? And she's trying to explain to him. He's like, okay, but the football game. He's like, I'm, I'm not, what are you talking about? I'm not going to a football game. Cause like, I have to make these cupcakes. He's like, did you not read the note that I gave you yesterday? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was just so busy. Well, she never reads any of the notes she in the does movies. In, yeah. She does read notes in the book. Usually it's when, if it's just something like he hands it, like he hands to her in passing, then like she tends to maybe not read those as much, but there is, there's a class where he sits directly in front of her. And so they will pass notes. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, he handed her a note about going to the football game. She got busy, didn't read it. And then, um, and then later she's like, I just, I can't, like, I have to make these cupcakes. And, and he's like, okay, we'll make the cupcakes. He's like, and she's like, we'll go to the party. Like, we'll go to the party afterward. She's like, we could do that. He's like, yeah, that was in the note that I wrote you today. And, and so basically, and she's still just kind of like, she's just overwhelmed of like, I've got to make these cupcakes. And like, I know what you're asking me to do, but like, she is trying everything she can to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so he literally like, he just kind of like walks up behind her and like undoes her apron strings and like takes the apron from her. She's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm not going to get my clothes dirty. (laughs) And so he starts helping her bake. Like he starts helping her with the cupcakes. Mm -hmm. And, and so then, you know, it's like, you know, while they're in the process of making the cupcakes and like they get to, you know, certain steps and whatnot, um, that, uh, that their dad and Kitty comes in. Actually, no, 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 I take it back. Kitty is there. And Kitty is off doing something like playing with her little like chem lab chemistry set kind of thing that she's playing with. And Peter is like affronted. He's like, why are you, why is Kitty not helping you with this? And she's like, well, she's doing something else, blah, blah, blah. And like, he, like Kitty comes running in later and and is like, oh, you need to come see my experiment. And he's like, you need to be helping with cupcakes. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Yeah. And so, so basically, um, you know, then like dad comes in, you know, with dinner and he's like, oh, um, hi person. I've like never been like Peter, right. From the old days. I love his response to Peter in the movie. It's like, 
you've gotten tall. Like, what yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. John Corbett is so good in I this role. I fucking like, love John it, Corbett. It, I cannot overstate how great he is in this small role. Yes. Oh, my like, God. And, and in the movie, I'm sure it happens in the book, he tells them, get out, go to the party, have yes, fun. Yes, like, he, he's like, he's like we, we will take care of the cupcakes. And it's hysterical to me that, like, w- like once they go to the party, and, like, very much a lot of the same things that happen in the movie happen in the book of, like, they get there, he takes her hair down. So cute. Yeah. In this, he just, like, flings the scrunchie out into the yard. It's, it's not a plot point. Um, but he, like, he pulls her hair down and and everything, like, takes a picture of him to put on her phone. They do the yeah. whole background. Excuse me. Which, they do the whole background thing. Which I so appreciate. Oh, because, me too. Like, okay, how many times do we watch, like, a, a, a fake fiancé or fake dating thing and they or read one and they don't do any prep. And you're yeah. like, how did you think you were going to win this? Like, yeah. you have to do the prep. Peter Kaminsky puts the work in. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he knows what he is doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they get to the party. And, um, and like, there's the whole thing, like, sitting down with Jen and her other friend. And, like, talking about Peter. And, like, how they got together. Like, Which, for the record, I I am a married woman. And I could not follow that girl's acronyms. Uh, uh, no. I'm like, Huh? I'm with I'm with Laura, and I know what all these things are. Like I know that there, I know lots of things, and I'm not following. I don't. Any of this. I, yeah, I didn't get it. I literally thought I was having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, huh? Yeah. Um. <laughs> but anyway, so like, a lot of that, a lot of that is similar. Um. But literally, cracks me up that during this whole thing, like she does keep wondering if they are going to fuck up the cupcakes. <laughs> That's very gorgeous. Yeah, she just keeps wondering about the cupcakes during this party. That's funny. And um, but the other thing Dad I, tells Peter when yes. Laura goes to get ready, <laughs> three rules. That's all he's got. He says it very quickly. He goes, "No drinking, no drugs, no hands." And he yeah. gives like a little like hand wave thing, like no hands. And Peter's like, "Yes, sir." sir. <laughs> Granted, he does break the first rule, but that's fine. And the way that they play it in this movie is so, like, he comes in and drinks uh, kombucha instead of drinking alcohol because he's driving. Which I appreciated that because in the book he is drinking beer. And so I was like, the fact that, like, in the movie, I'm like, oh, no, he's driving. Like, think, yes, drink a non-alcoholic drink. Good change, good change. Like, I am so proud of you. And she has, like, one one beer that she's sipping on. She's not even really, like, drinking it. But yeah, I, I love that little like mm-hmm. like he's like she takes a drink just I didn't know beer was vinegary. Yeah, he's like oh no no that's it's com- that, it's that's kombucha. kombucha. Sorry, my bad. And she's like, you drink kombucha? Like she's like, there yeah. are hidden depths to you, Peter Kavinsky. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Jen Jen tries to jump Peter in the bathroom and he has none of it. Yeah, and she takes the scrunchie. Yeah, she takes Laura Jean's favorite scrunchie. Yeah, because that yeah, because that was the whole thing of he he pulled the scrunchie out of her hair. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, that's my favorite." And so like he just puts it on his wrist. Yeah, um, which I loved that that little flick. Yeah, I'm taking care of. Yeah, yeah, and, and then he, I, I hate that she doesn't. That it takes as long as it does to know. Uh, for yes. to come back. like that part makes me sad. But anyway, so yeah, they he they, after that he's ready to leave. Like after mm-hmm. he and Jen have their little confrontation where she puts down Laura Jean and he doesn't. He just stands there, but he's very much rolling his eyes. And he's like, "You only want me when you can't have me," kind of yeah. thing. 
and walks away. Meanwhile, you have Laura Jean talking to Lucas, who's at the party. Yes. And Lucas tries the kombucha, and he's like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. Kombucha, it's a very acquired taste. <laughs> and so then she and Peter go to the cafe, and mm-hmm. they have, like, food and talk. Their talks are so yes. good. Like, oh, yes. it makes me so happy. I, oh, my God. I was I was living for these conversations. But, like, I don't have a ton of notes on it, but, yeah. but basically... Um, like he kind of asks, you know, he, he, he basically calls her on it. He's like, you know, why haven't she ever had a boyfriend before that? They talk about the parents, uh, like the fact yeah. that his, his, his dad, I guess that comes well, up it, later. It comes a little bit later. Yeah. That's right. it, it, it's of, the fact that he thought the shoes were hot. That yeah. was the, that was, and he goes, you know, Jen's beautiful, but you're way more stylish. Yeah. You have Thank way better shoes. <laughs> like, is that a compliment? But yeah, then the, and then and then like he he basically asks her, you know, like, well, why don't you have a boyfriend? He's like, because I know for a fact that so and so asked you out to like to spring formal. And how does he know this? Has he been keeping tabs on our Laura Jean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the um, I assume he's just friends with was, the dude. Like, but. I was gonna say in in the book, it's described as like it was somebody from either like the football team or the lacrosse team or yeah. something like that. So it was just a guy that he was in contact with. Yeah, just heard it. Somewhere. It's just funny to yeah. me. Like he 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 knew um, enough to listen for the guy asking out Laura Jean like that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that um, aspect. Like even though Laura Jean was invisible, it doesn't sound like she was actually as invisible as she thinks yeah. she was. But yeah, but he he asks her, you know, kind of like what what the problem is, and like and she's like because she doesn't know she's like basically i i'm just kind of paraphrasing like the beginning of what she's saying is that you know she's really good like with fantasy and like when it's you know love and things like in in books and movies and stuff like when it's not real she said because you know when it's real it's scary the more people that you let into your life the more that can just walk right out and he gets this look and he's like your mom right yeah and she, she's kind of like, yeah. And they both talk about they both have abandonment issues. Yeah. Just because her mom died. And he's like, well, you know, my dad walked out. Like, yeah. My dad walked out a couple of years ago. And so they have these, like, this real conversation about, you know, what that, how hard that can be. And, and, and it, I love the conversation. And mm-hmm. then he tells me, you say you're bad at commitment, but you're not bad with me. And, yeah. And then she stabs him in the heart, Laura Jean. Like, we're just pretending. Because we're just pretending. And he... It's oh, yeah. just like the look on his face, like he was in. They could yeah. that that could have ended the movie or ended the fake relationship moment right there. They could have been real. Yeah. And he wouldn't have even thought anything about it. Yeah, and it's like after that, it's just like the the switch flips and he's just he's so miffed. But but he doesn't like he's not hateful to her. No, he's and just like, like he do, he right. doesn't he doesn't take it out on her. Yeah. It's like he just and that that's the thing that like I appreciate about him is that um like in in so many respects, like in this movie, it's like where you're showing, like you know, Peter is a dude. You know, he he's a high school boy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a dude, bro, in many respects. But to see an example of like this teenage boy and like him not not having like the symptoms of toxic toxic masculinity, yeah, like is so good. And so the fact that like he's hurt in this instance, but like he doesn't lash out and like he doesn't take it out on her and like he just he just takes it in. And takes her home. And, like, yeah. Because because like we were talking about like that that kind of caretaker instinct mm-hmm. of you know he took her out, he's gonna take her home. Yep. Even if he's up even if he's upset. Yeah. And and he he also recognizes he has no reason to be upset. 
Yeah. Because she's like, what's wrong? He's like, nothing. Don't worry about it. Like, for a second, he forgot that she's not his girlfriend. Yeah. And that happens to both of them frequently. Yeah. And so he drives her home. We we get a montage of her beginning to fit in with his friends. Yes. Uh, It's now November. Mm -hmm. Um, All that kind of stuff. And uh, Josh comes by to talk. And they're finally going to have a talk. And and he really hates Peter Kaminsky. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, Josh. why you got to hate? Josh straight up thinks that Peter is a dick. And, and there's not enough evidence in, in the movie for us to know why he thinks that, except for that Peter's a jock. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, he's an idiot, because he's a jock. But the other thing is, he wants he goes, we, when they talk about that letter, and she's like, I wrote that a long time ago. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it, she goes, I have a long time ago. He goes, well, not for me. I'm still, you know, trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. And she's like, well, I can't, basically, I can't be friends with you the way we used to be. Yeah. Because Margo's not here, and you've been with Margo, so, like, we can't go back. Yeah. They um, have to find a new middle ground, and they haven't found it. At at some point, and I, I think this is something that, like, might lead to a little bit of the, the animosity that Josh, that Josh and Peter have toward each other, is that um, a little bit earlier, like, in the book, and it, it's, you know, it's after Margo has left for Scotland, mm-hmm. and... Um, Josh and and uh, Laura Jean are just kind of you know they're they're trying to get you know they're trying to find an equilibrium now mm-hmm. um, you know as as she puts it it was like the you know the point of their triangle was gone and so now they're trying to figure out what's going mm-hmm. on and at some point the um, they're talking about like first if I this might have been like with with the letters I don't remember. No, it wasn't. It was it was a little bit before that, sorry. Um they're like they're talking about um you know, first crushes. It was just something that like that that Laura brings up, you know, like who was your first like real crush? And, you know, and so Josh kind of asks her, he's like, you know, well, who was your first real crush? And she's thinking, she's like, well, you know, she had crushes in like kindergarten and first grade, but you know, like those wouldn't count. And so probably her first real crush was Peter Kavinsky in seventh grade and you know and like she kind of gives the reason or whatever and then Josh and so she asked Josh she's like well who you know who was your first crush and he kind of he gets really quiet for a minute and then he tells her it was you and and she's like no 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 you never like like please like you're just saying that and he's like no he's like seriously he's like I had a major crush on you he's like I was 12, you were 11. He's like, and um, he's like, he's like, and you remember like this, you know, so-and-so bike that I had. She goes, yeah, like you saved and saved and saved to buy that bike. He's like, yeah. And then I bought it. He goes, and the, one of the first things I did was I let you write it. And then you scratched, like you wrecked it and you scratched it. And after that, the crush was over. <laughs> But so I don't like it was something that just kept like niggling in the like in the back of my mind of the fact that Laura like Laura Jean has admitted like that Peter was probably her first crush, but Laura was Josh's first crush. I'm like, there's a there's so many layers of dynamics here that is just fascinating to me. Um, So in the movie, they they're they're talking and she kind of walks in. He goes, "What? We just can't talk to each other?" And she's like, "No." 
basically like we have to figure this out but we ha- yeah we can't until we until we figured it out we can't and she walks back into the house and then we get her and, and her and kitty and peter watching tv together <laughs> much, watching yeah. uh, 16 candles isn't 16 candles yeah they're watching yeah. 16 candles and i love that I, scene so much i okay i love the moment where because because i love that he is just as horrified with this movie as like i have been re-watching it and like i know how horrified you're going to be when you finally see it <laughs> and i love like he's like he's just what and he's just so kind of confused and and trying to like put into words he's like so this um this character, this long duck dong guy, isn't isn't he kind of racist? Oh, very. And, she, and Lord Jesus looks at him and goes, "No, extremely racist." Yeah. And he's just like, "Then wh- why?" And it's like, "Why do you like this movie?" And I cannot remember the character's name, but Kitty just pops up. She's like, "Well, Jake, so and so, obviously." And he's Jake like Ryan, no. Jake Ryan, yeah. yeah, Jake Ryan. That's what it was. He's like, well, Jake Ryan, obviously. And he's just like, I'm better looking than that guy. And, <laughs> and, 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 and Kitty's like, no. no. And, and he goes to like tickle Kitty, but he because he's Peter Kavinsky catches before he actually goes to like tickle or whatever. Yeah. He pulls the popcorn ball to the floor, like he moves it Which? gingerly to the floor to not make a mess. <laughs> Which, that was just what Noah Centineo did. Yeah. Like, it just... Once again, I love that kid. <laughs> but, but Peter Kavinsky doing it makes sense at character yes. as well. But yeah, so he leans over and, like, he's fitting in really well. And, and you get Laura Jean saying, I hoped Kitty wasn't getting too attached. Yes. Which um, is a frequent refrain in the book. But, but then we go, we have Peter's family dinner. And his mom kind of steps in it. And she, Laura Jean is so graceful in that moment. Yeah, which, I'm like, by the, at that point. You'd have to be. You would yeah. be. But because... Mom, her, Peter's mom forgets that Lord Jesus' mother's past, and so she says, "You know, your mom must really appreciate having all these girls. I just have these two heathens." Yeah, and his face—he's he, like, "Mom, it's like, mom, I, we talked about it, this. I told you, Lord Jean's mom died when she was a little girl." The mom goes horrified, yeah, and as you would, and Laura, Lord Jean just takes a takes a beat, and she goes, "She did love having girls, honestly." Kitty is still, still a heathen. Yeah, Kitty is still a heathen, <laughs> and then they're put there. It flashes to like she yeah. she she smoothed over the awkward moment. And then she and Peter are doing the dishes. After. Yeah. So domestic. Like, and then she just hops up on the counter and they have this conversation mm-hmm. about parents and, and them being gone. And she has these moments where she, this, this moment where she forgets for a half a second. The, yeah. She, she has this like little bit of voiceover where yeah. she says being with Peter was so easy. Sometimes I let myself pretend it wasn't fake. Yeah. But like, cause they have this conversation and he, like, this conversation is so good. Like, I can't even put it into words. But because it's like her talking about sometimes it's, she forgets that her mom was ever there. It's for half a second. And she feels mm-hmm. so, or a quarter of a second. And she feels so guilty about it. And it, yeah, means, she's, I, I love the way that she talks about it. She's like, you know, she's saying, it's like, I'll be washing the dishes and I'll be thinking about my family. Yeah. And for just the briefest of seconds, yeah. I forget that it wasn't that it was that there was ever a time when it wasn't just me and my dad and Margot and Kitty. Yeah, and because he's talking about how he he kind of hates his dad. Like mm-hmm. he says that. Yeah, you know, he's he like, you know, I, he goes, you know, sometimes I miss him because she asked him if he misses his dad. He goes, sometimes I miss him. Uh, it's weird. I walk through the house and I see he's out in the pictures and he's like, and then I remember he's off with his new family doing everything he did with us. And I, I kind of hate him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you don't, you don't hate him. 
and they have this whole this like that whole little back and yeah, forth. Yeah, and then, but and, then at the end, you know, she she ends up telling him, "Is like, but it's okay to miss someone that you hate." Yeah, it's okay to it's okay to hate to, to hate someone even if, and yeah. miss them. You can do both. It's okay. Yeah. And like, and he's like, "I don't really hate my dad," and and she's like, "I know." And she he's she's and he goes, "At least he's not." And she finishes it and says, "Dead." Yeah, and just looks at him and like that's like that moment between them is so like good because she mm-hmm. and she says it she's like i've never had anyone i can talk to about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and he's kind of the same way yeah so so they have this like real connection that's building even though they're not in a relationship there's a connection that is building yeah. there and she forgets like it's like the, the mm-hmm. quote you said and then we see he's talking like she and chris are under the bleachers sneaking their contraband subway <laughs> which is hilarious right and speaking as someone who who had an open campus when i was in school it's very weird to have contraband man stuff well my school was so small i mean it wasn't you could walk to the neighbor the next grocery store oh my my school was like way at the end of town and even if we had been able to go yeah like to go off campus to get food there was nothing to go buy that's fair but, uh, so. but, yeah, so they're eating their contraband subway underneath the bleachers when Peter and Jen get on the bleachers. And Laura tries to leave, and Chris won't let her, because if they were in a real relationship, Laura would have every, I'm sorry, every right in yeah. some way to hear what's going on here. With Because Peter, we already found out Peter's been talking on the phone to Jen a lot mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So Jen is giving him all these, she's like, well, she's not coming with us on the ski trip. You spend all your time with her. What about me? Mm-hmm. He's like, you have a boyfriend. Yeah. So, just get over it kind of thing. Like, you have mm-hmm. a boyfriend. Why does this matter? She's like, well, maybe by the ski trip I won't. So, you shouldn't bring her. Mm-hmm. And so, Laura's like, okay, it's, I'm kind of done. Like, like Jen is just trying, like, she's just trying so hard to keep Peter on the hook. Yeah. Like, she wants him there as, like, a fail-safe. Little does she know that hook is gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, there ain't no hook there anymore. But, uh, but yeah, so then we see her talking to Josh. We see Laura Jean talking to Josh mm-hmm. because she just like, I, and we don't even know exactly what she said. Just maybe that he was talking to Jen and it sounds like she wants to get back together. And, and she's like, it's just going to hurt so much when he inevitably gets back together with her. Yeah. It's going to hurt. And Josh is like, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like Josh, she's trying to get, like, they're trying to find this friendship again, but he really hates Peter. So he's kind of like told mm-hmm. you so, but he doesn't want to say that. And then Peter comes out and gets jealous Mm-hmm. Because like what are people gonna think when they see you talking to Josh? Yeah. They're gonna think she's talking to her next door neighbor, you moron. That's what she's gonna they're gonna think. Um But but yeah, and then I love the shot that's set up as they're walking down the hallway when she's like, We should just call this. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say just um kind of in a couple of the things in the book that lead to more of this um tension like between um josh and and peter mm-hmm. um peter has been a, like a little distracted and like and he's always a little bit late picking up laura jean and so she's frustrated with him and like just everything has kind of it's it's not on an even keel anymore it's like everybody's like frustrated and just kind of nitpicking on everything and halloween comes around in the book and so Laura Jean has this rule of like because you know she had tried to to dress as various you know fictional characters for things and everybody just assumed because she's Asian they just assumed she's cosplaying some manga or anime yeah 
And so she decides, she's like, from now on, she's like, I am only dressing up as Asian characters. And so she dresses as Cho Chang. And as she's, it, because, like, she's waiting, she goes outside, she's waiting for Peter, and this, like, she's, again, like, she's frustrated because he's set this precedent of, like, he's always late picking her up, and it frustrates her. And, and so, while she's waiting for Peter, Josh walks out of his house, and he's dressed up as Harry Potter. Oh, that's gonna go well. Yeah. Because, and, and, and for, like, his reason is that this sort of, you know, he's part of, like, a, like, what would be, like, like an AV club, like, comic, comic books club, something like that. Mm-hmm. Basically where he and all of the guys in this club had decided they were all going to dress as, like, literary figures. And so he dresses as Harry Potter. And so the two of them are basically just, like, having fun and, like, pointing wands at one another and, like, Expelliarmus! <laughs> and, and all this sort of stuff. And so Peter... When he picks her up, he's not in costume, and and he just kind of automatically asks, he's like, "What are like? Are you from some anime or something?" And she's just like, "No," and you know, so she's kind of irritated with him, and then like they get to school, and and he's not in a costume because he because he's like, "Oh, we're you know, I'm doing a group costume with the guys," and and it's he's like it's just going to be better to like do like a big reveal like with all of us, and so he and the lacrosse guys are all dressed as superheroes, and he is dressed as Spider-Man. He's Peter Parker. Of course Peter Kaminsky is Peter Parker. Parker. I buy that. 100%. Yes. And also, but during this, you know, they're having this, this costume competition, you know, assembly, like, at the school, and Peter and his friends, they win for, like, best group contest. Jen is the winner for, like, the best single costume, because she comes in in, like, you know, tights and a bustier and some cat ears and his Catwoman. Of course, she and is. so and so, LJ is just get she gets miffed watching Peter off on the sidelines with all like the rest of the lacrosse team like hooping and hollering and whistling and catcalling for for Jen, mm-hmm. and and so later like she just goes you know to her locker and like he comes up and he's trying to talk to her. And it just starts off like they're very like contentious with one another. Mm-hmm. And then Josh walks by and, you know, here he is like still dressed as Harry Potter. And he, you know, he comes by and I can't remember where he does like some, you know, he does like some Harry Potter spell and she's just like, Avada Kedavra. And he just like, <gasps> and like gasps, gasps his chest. He's just like, why? Why? And, and like, they're just having, you know, the kind of moments that they have and he just and off he goes and Peter just gets pissed and he's like how do you know basically like in not so many words he's like how the fuck do you think it looks and like my girlfriend is like wearing a couple's costume with Josh Sanderson and she's like it wasn't a couple's costume and he's like oh yeah I'm sure He's like, like he probably like what he probably like talked to Kitty and figured out what you were dressing up as so that like he could dress as Harry Potter. It's not I, like that. Yeah. I know, but like the, this is the level of like what is going on. In, yeah, in their in, heads. Yeah, in, in their heads of like they are just so against each other. And finally, towards like as it gets like closer to Christmas, Josh and Laura Jean, they just start having this, like, they just start having this out-and-out fight. And, like, Peter, like, uh, Josh is just, like, just telling her, like, P- 
Peter is, you know, like, like he's horrible. Like he's such, he's just like, he's one of those guys and he's just such a douche. And like all the lacrosse players are, and she's like, no, you don't know them. Like they're not. And like, she's trying to stick up for them. And, and like they, they're having a row, like a full out row and just like shouting at each other. And he is just like tearing down Peter every chance that he gets. And finally she throws in his face He's like, you know, like, you're jealous of Peter. And he's like, why the, you know, like, why would I be jealous of Peter? And, and she's like, because he took your spot. And just like, it's like, no, like, that's, that's ridiculous. What are you talking about? She's like, of course it is. Like, even Kitty likes him better than you now. And, and yeah. And, and so, and so then he's like, then like, why? Like why did like why did you write that letter and like and he's just like all of just so much heat and like all of these emotions like the two of them yelling at each other, you know? And he says like you, sh-, like if you had those feelings, you should have told me long before. And she's like, no, like you don't get to rewrite history and pretend like you would have been interested in me back then. And then like he just. He's like, no, like you don't understand. And she's like, 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 no, it wouldn't have been any different. Like, it always would have been Margot. And he's like, no, it wouldn't. And he kisses her. Oh, uh-uh. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like yeah, it at he all. Tells her, he tells her, he's like, it absolutely would have made a difference. And he kisses her. And so then I don't like that. Oh, I know. I like I got to that point in the book and I'm like, what the actual fuck is happening here? Joshua Sanderson, go to your room. And no. so so then, you know, when you know when when Peter like gets wind of it, you know, after like she she doesn't like, he's gonna be pissed. He, yeah. He's like he's, he's gonna beat the crap out of he Sanderson. He is ready to rip off Joshua's <laughs> arms like, he's and, gonna beat the and beat him. him to death with them. Yeah. It's well, but in the, I love that in the movie that um, doesn't happen. I love that they are just friends in the movie. Like Josh, yes, you don't get that Josh has any romantic feelings for her. Like he wants to talk about the letter because it's confusing for him. Like yes, genuinely. and but the, and but, the scene where she go ahead. I was gonna say, like an addendum to this whole thing is like Josh does come back over later. Like once everything has calmed down, you know, and and he tells Laura Jean that basically, you know, that he had that that they were that they were doing something together. This was back when they were still friends and like before he started dating Margot. That, that they were out doing something and a friend of his was supposed to give them a ride, but the guy never showed and so they ended up having to walk like 2 or 3 miles back to their houses or something like that. And he's, you know, and he's talking about you know, it was, it, it was this kind of day and, you know, like you were wearing this outfit and he's like, and we were walking down the middle of the street and he says, and I thought the entire time, like I thought about kissing you and, and, and then he goes on and he's telling her, he's like how he just doesn't think Peter is good enough for her. And then ultimately tells her, he's like, but then again, I don't think that anyone is good enough for you, least of all me. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, you brought it back. You brought it yeah. back. You were like, "Good job, Sanderson." You brought it back. Yeah, I know. I was like, "There was just so much happening, like in this short span." That I'm like, "What the ever loving hell is happening?" So in, in the movie, yeah, like, I'm, I'm sorry to derail yeah. it, but like to me, like there's just there are just it's important. Yeah. yeah, there are nuances to the book that like I think inform like the character, the choices the characters, the, the choices the, the characters yeah. make in the movie for sure. Because uh, in the movie, there's Peter and she get into this like thing where she's telling, "Let's call it off," which I once again I love that shot yes. the way it's framed. 
it's it's just I love it. It's framed mm-hmm. so wonderfully. And she's like, let's just call it. You know, you've yeah. got Jen. Uh, Jen Jen's ready to get back with you, and Josh and I are cool again. And he's like, and, but the look on Kavinsky's face yeah. is like he's he's going to begin clutching at straws because no. Yeah, he's like, but the ski trip is in the contract. And, and like the way his hand, like it, I don't know if he knows his hands. Yeah, like he's like, what are you doing? Like I can't even describe it. It's just this very like he's not like raising his hand against her or anything like that. But he's got his hand out of his pocket like with a a what? Yeah, like like you're breaking up with me right before the ski trip. And she's like, well, the ski trip's only if we were together, and we're not going to be together. And he's like, yeah, but no, we have, we're going to the ski trip. Like, you have, what are you afraid of? Yeah. Like, he, he turns it around on her, and because she's totally right in all of yes. her reasons for them to not be together anymore, but he is desperate to stay yes. with her. So he's like, what are you afraid of, Covey? And she's like, I'll go if Chris goes. So like, it's but, but she knows that Chris does not do school functions. However, so she thinks it's an out. She tells Chris this, and Chris goes, I'm going then. Yeah. I love Chris. Chris is a great friend. Chris is great. Chris, like no. I, I definitely enjoyed the change in Chris between, like, from the book to the movie. Mm-hmm. Because in the, to be fair, we don't get a lot of Chris outside mm-hmm. of like the few interactions that she, you know, that she's yeah. with Laura Jean. But, but in the, um, in the book, it's like she, like she's a like a partier who like sneaks out of her house, like lost her virginity in ninth grade. Um, like had definitely had sex with somebody on, on the ski trip one year, like a year before, um, you know, she's always like sneaking out to go hook up with some guy. Like she smokes, you know, like she drinks like these kind of yeah. things. In this movie, she's just eccentric. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she, she's immediately like, you're going mm-hmm. and she says, you know, I'm, I'm tired of being a pawn in your fight between you and you, your cousin. Yeah. You and Jen. And and she's like, no, Laura, you don't understand, LJ. Since you've been with Peter, you have opened up. You've, you've And then you have her dad, dad, who's eavesdropping. Love John Corbett. Yes. He's like, you should go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, because I, I love that he tells her, he's like, since you've been with Peter, it's like, I've never seen you so happy. Yeah, and he's like, you've made your dad really happy. You should go. Yeah. So she has to go on a ski trip. <laughs> and she gets on the bus and Peter is sorry, saving a the, seat. Sorry, for her. the brief little moment of her and her dad in the car. And oh like, yeah, because, oh god, the condoms. Because, oh, god, because her it. because her dad is a gynecologist. Yeah, and he's like he's like you know he's like and the thing that never works is expecting abstinence. So here and he gives her a Manila envelope full of condoms. And I immediately went and he just beat the ten things I hate about you. Dad. <laughs> like he is up to his elbows in placenta. <laughs> like I had that thought. I was like I but, had, I had the thought like at the beginning of the movie as soon like he mentioned something about like delivery like delivering a baby or something like that i just immediately went like oh man he's gonna be the larry miller of this movie but he's I'm, not i'm so down for it but yeah so he he gives her he goes have fun i, I think you're too young for sex but i'm also smart enough to know yeah. that my, so have fun and she goes yeah because i got a lot of rubbers for that now like she's so incensed that the dad <laughs> has done this and she gets on the bus and <laughs> peter like has saved her a seat and she's like i need to sit with chris and he's chris is asleep yeah i need to go make sure she doesn't choke on her tongue and he's like but okay and then jen goes anyone sitting here yeah, no, so. but his arm immediately goes off of it because it had been kind of sitting on top, like waiting for her to sit down. Mm-hmm. He immediately pulls his arm back when he sits back down next to Jen. Yeah. We get to the ski lodge, which uh, King, um, forgive me for screwing up his name if you're a YouTube fan, King Bash, I think is how you say it. It's spelled like Bach, okay? But it's like his name is Bach. He's a famous YouTuber. The, the the guy who has the key the key cards. Okay. He's like actually a famous YouTuber. Like, that's why he's in this movie. 
And so that's why he has lines in this movie. He has like three lines in this movie and three or four scenes and that's it. Okay, so but, I, I have not known who any YouTubers are yeah. since since the days of like uh what was it? Like Chameleon Circuit. Yeah. And long time ago. And like the Remus Lupins yeah. and those people. But so you have him there and he like throws the key cards and goes, Sleep where do you want? You have a good time. And, and I'm with Laura G at that moment. Where are the chaperones? She actually said yes. that. Where are the chaperones? We never see a chaperone ever. Like, this is like... One, one gets mentioned in the book. But, like, they're hiding in their room at this point. Mm-hmm. So, But Laura can't actually ski. So LJ can't ski. So she's going to go sit in her room and read romance novels. Yeah. In the, in the book, it's... She can ski. She's just really terrible at it, and so she doesn't. It's cold. Why would I go outside? I... Yeah, it's. She's just not like. Basically, it's like her dad and Margot and Kitty are all really great at ski. Actually, Margot is really great at snowboarding. Her dad and Kitty are like taking the black diamond courses. She is terrible at skiing, and so it's just not something that she enjoys doing. But. Before this trip, Josh has said to her, well, maybe you'll like, you know, maybe you should try snowboarding. I'll show you how. And so she kind of hides from him in the lodge for most of the day and then goes and gets out of one of the trails and she kind of sees him with his friends and Josh or Peter, Peter. I'm sorry. It's okay. The different person. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. So yeah, Peter, I can see that. And, yeah. Yeah. And then, but she and Peter have also had their like little falling yeah, out. And, and so you so, have, yeah. So she doesn't. Yeah. You know, because they've had this little falling out, like, she doesn't approach him, like, tell her and all this. And so, later, you know, she runs into him with some of his friends. And they were like, hey, we saw you on the slope. And, you know, wanted, like, you know, wondered if you were going to come over and join us. And she's like, yeah, I kind of called out. But I guess you didn't hear me and and everything. Really, she just kind of, like, gave up and, like, went, went back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, like, during all of this... Um, that I, like, I forgot to mention, like, after, um, like, after her whole kiss and, like, everything with Josh, that's when she realizes, like, nope, I don't want this anymore. Like, I'm done. Feelings evaporated. <laughs> it's like, it's like she scratched his bicycle. No, yeah. he scratched her bicycle. No more feelings. Yeah, no more feelings. But, yeah, so, in the movie, you have Jen calling down, meet you at the Black Diamond. Yeah. Uh, Peter. And Peter just kind of gives this, like, eye roll. Yeah. And looks at, at Laura Jean, who does not walk over to him. And Chris is like, come on, let's go the, Let's go on the slopes. You should, he, that's your man. You should get out there and da-da-da. And she goes, yeah, no, I don't ski. I'm going to my room. And you have Lucas go, like, yoink. Yeah. <laughs> he, he immediately sighs to Laura Jean. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I have Korean face masks. And they go to face masks and read romance novels. Yeah. In the room. Which... And she spills everything to Lucas. I... I love the conversation that she has with Lucas while they're while they're yeah. in their room because because you know, he's saying is like he's seen the way that that Peter looks at her and she's like well, well what way is that and he says like a sexy Rubik's cube he can't figure figure you out but he's having fun trying yeah sexy little Rubik's cube yeah I wrote that down too but yeah so and he's like you know if anybody has fallen in love with somebody he describes the whole situation if anybody's fallen in love with somebody that doesn't love them back it's Peter Kavinsky not you yeah he's probably waiting for you in the hot tub right now and you're up here with me mm-hmm. he's probably waiting what really you think yeah. so and so she goes down in her nightgown and a coat <laughs> and sure enough he is sitting Which, in the hot tub 
I like, you know, I kind of wondered, like, going into it, you know, think, like, I wondered what things would be changed for the movie versus the book. No, this is exactly how it happens in yeah. the book. And I was very impressed. This scene is so good. Like, it's, they have, because he, like, admits he had all their Korean snacks, and he's like, I wanted to sit, because mm-hmm. she's like, you got to sit next to who you really wanted to, and he's like, I wanted yeah, to sit next I, to yeah, you. Yeah, he, like, he tells her, he's like, you can be so dense sometimes, like, I wanted to sit next to you, Laura Jean. I pack snacks. I asked Kitty where to find those yogurt drinks that you like so much, and she's like, but the... The Korean grocery is like all the way across town. Yeah. So if I went all the way across, across town, town to buy some yo- to buy you some drinks, what does that mean? That you really like yogurt? Yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of looks at her and kind of like does this like he, little he splash. Kind of flashes her, yeah. And and then she ends up getting in the water with him and and he pulls her onto his lap and they have a nice makeout session. Yeah. And she didn't bring a swimsuit, so she's in her nightgown. She's in her nightgown. Like it's. It's one of those moments, like, I'm watching it, and, like, the one, like, just, like, the composition of the shots is so good, and it's in that moment, like, we've talked about, like, the, not so much the chemistry, but just, like, the relationship that, it, that Lana, Con, uh, Lana Condor and Condor. Uh, Condor and Noah Centennial have of... But, like, in this moment, it's, like, it's turned up to 11. It's, like, there's some smolder here. Yeah. There, like, there is some heat. And, and he's, he's, like, you're a you know, an interesting girl. Co- or you're not like anyone else, no. Covey. Yeah. And then he takes her and puts her on his lap. Yeah. And they it's proceed like, and they, to, to be yeah. mecking out. And we don't see anymore. Like, it fades away. Yeah. And um, then the next thing we see is, like, them walking so back. Cute. Walking back into the hotel. And, like, and... They're holding hands. And it's as, really as they, holding hands. Really like, holding hands. Snuggled up to each other holding hands. It's and, so cute. and yeah. And they they're like, Oh well, you know, it's it's past curfew and we should, you know, get back to our rooms or whatever. And like they just kinda have a moment like where they're gonna have to turn and go to their separate rooms and, you know, they have another kiss. Yeah. And then they go to their rooms, yeah. supposedly. And the next day we get on the bus mm-hmm. and there's a clap, which her response to this is is like the words that they say about the the thing, yeah. As through the rest of the movie, the rest of the show, movie goes on. I I really appreciate like the whole like he's being treated like a god and she's not. Yeah. So she there's a big clap and she gets on the bus and she's like, "Did you tell anyone?" He goes, "No, that's just how people act with couples on this, this trip." Seat. So yeah. can I just use a pillow? And then he snuggles into her, yeah. which is so cute. And then we have stupid, stupid head Jen. Yes. And Jen Jen is super jealous, and so throws a wrench into everything and tells Laura Jean, I'm just so glad that you're so, so okay. She's just like, oh, I'm just so glad you're so trusting of Peter. Like, because most girls wouldn't understand like the relationship that he would have with me. And, and most people wouldn't understand their, boy, their boyfriend sleeping in another girl's room. Yeah. And then she pulls the scrunchie out of her hair. And, she's like, and Laura Jean's like, where did, where did you get that? Oh, Peter gave it to me. Isn't it great? Which is baloney. You took it from Peter. Yes. You knew exactly what you were doing. She waited for the opportune moment to drop that. Yeah. Like, like, she specifically said she that's is, what she was going to do when she took it. Yeah. She is a little... She's conniving. Yeah. I just can't say the words that I want to say. They won't come. I don't know what they were. I just can't. I don't like her. I just don't like her. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so 
Laura Jean is done. She she immediately confronts Peter. Because Laura Jean just, has trust issues anyway. Yeah. She just does because of the abandonment and stuff. And she immediately confronts him right then and there and is just done. And he's, he's like, let me explain it. I can, I can drive you home and I can explain about it. Let me she, And I love that she's like, no, I would rather walk home than ride with you. She's like, I would rather drive myself Self. than ride with you. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he doesn't even say anything. She just walks away. And then she gets home and she's really upset. And Margot is home and they've yeah. decorated the house for Christmas. And she just throws herself into Margot's arms and just like starts to cry. Yeah. And they're ha- they're eating the great cookies and uh, they're like, we're just going to have a girl's night. Because they said, do you want to invite Josh? Yeah, kitty. She's like, uh, let's just make it a girl's night and dad. Right. A girl's night and dad. dad. Guess that means you can't invite Peter. Margot, Peter? Peter? Yeah. Knock, knock, knock. Peter Kaminsky shows up. He wants to have it out. He's like, you don't understand and she's like, I'm tired of being second best or fake best or whatever I was. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And there was, there's a line <sighs> in this fight that like really stood out to me. It's like one, she's like, you know, I'm tired of being fake best or second best like that. That hit me like a bullet. Um, but also the line of like, you know, when she tells him, uh, you know, she says like, the physical stuff is a really big deal to me. And she's like, you know, I like, I told you that. And she's like, I know it probably isn't for you. And he goes, who says it's not a big deal yeah, for me? Yeah. That right there. I was like, to have like, to have like a teenage boy character being like, no, it is a big deal. Well, and then, and then she goes, not to everybody on the bus. But, yeah. That treats you like a God. And I'm like, that's yeah. absolutely the way it's going, at least right now. Yeah. And so yeah. And then Ugh. Josh steps Ever, in. Josh, wrong time, wrong place, buddy. Go home. <laughs> Go home, Josh. Go home. Yeah. It's like Josh steps in. So Josh is like, she Step told you to leave. Is like stepping to Peter and like trying to kick into the curb. Yeah. And because because of like all of this tension that we've had building between Josh and Peter, like that's getting out of hand. And then like the issues that they both are having with with Laura Jean, and then out comes Margot and Kitty out on the porch. And Peter doesn't. Now to Peter's credit, he does not see Margot standing on the porch. He doesn't when he says. He says, you're breaking up because you're still in love with him, aren't you? Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. Josh is like, well, maybe she's breaking up with you because she finally realized you're, she's worth more than you or whatever. But Margo, you just hear Margo's voice. That's how you know Margo's outside. Yeah. And she goes, you're in love with Josh? Like, just this very, like, yeah. hurt mm-hmm. voice. And she runs back inside. Mm-hmm. And Josh, or, she's, Peter, go home. And she she doesn't say anything to Josh. She walks, starts yeah. walking. Josh goes, I didn't know she was here. Yeah, she came home really to surprise us. She finished her exams early. And then just turns around and leaves Josh outside. Yeah. Because where he belongs. In the doghouse. <laughs> but, but anyway, so yeah, they. But I love, I love Peter's like parting shot as he's walking away. He just very quietly but very intensely says, you were never second best. Oh, and Noah Centennial can deliver a line, my dude. But anyway, so yeah, he, she goes back in. And she finds out she made a quote-unquote sex tape. I don't call it a sex tape, but... And basically, it's like, she's like, yeah, I made a sex tape without ever actually having sex. Yeah. So, I'm because, guessing... Because what it is, is that that the, one, the video is from a higher vantage point pointing down into the tub. Yeah, so it makes it look And worse. so, it's her on his lap... And them making out. Yeah. And that's about as far as it gets. And so that we see on the that, video. That we see. And, but considering that, you know, she point out, like, she point blankly says that, like, they did not have sex. Yeah. That, 
Um, is yeah. it, but somebody has posted it to Instagram and tagged her in it. And that's when she like goes to Margo and she t- spells the whole thing out to Margo. Mm-hmm. And Margo's like, why didn't you just tell me? Mm-hmm. But then Margo is a good big sister mm-hmm. and takes care of her. Cause that's what Margo does. Yes. And she's like, it's not that bad. And you couldn't even tell it was you. If you didn't, weren't tagged, it's going to be worse for Peter. It's never worse for the guy. Yeah. And that says Laura. And I love that. Laura mm-hmm. Jean said that. And then, uh, she and Margo kind of make their peace, and then we find out that Kitty, yeah, <laughs> that Kitty sent the letters, and our murder I, almost occurs. I, I was going to say I love how much this moment turns into Joe about to murder Amy March. Yes, because like, like yes, you burned it. You know, <laughs> you sent the letters. I yeah. just love that. but just the quiet, like when she admits she sent him, she goes, "I'm going to kill you," and then all chaos breaks loose. Yeah. And like Margot is like, like she's between, like a between her horse unicorn that she's chasing her sister around the room with. Like, Margo, love, give me the unicorn. I love like basically just like shoves Kitty in a closet like for her safety <laughs> and stands in between it like <laughs> arms outstretched. Yes, and so and she's like, if I can forgive you for being you know, for writing a love letter to my boyfriend, yeah, you can forgive Kitty for sending them, right? Yeah. So they forgive each other, and Margot gets the video taken down under child pornography laws mm-hmm. because they're very much under eighteen. Yes, and so yay, it's all blown over, and she's um. and then but she's cleaning her house because she's miserable. She actually starts cleaning her room. Yeah, and that's how that's, everyone. That's knows. how that's how she's spending New Year's Eve. Yeah, like this is like a New Year, new resolutions. Like it's time to get things in order, and, and she, she, she throws starts- out all of her romance novels. Mm-hmm. And starts cleaning her room. And I just love Dad, Margo, and Kitty, like, watching it, like, mm-hmm. this is not good. Yeah. This is really so, not good. She's wearing, like, a sweater inside out, like a cardigan. Yeah. And just cleaning quietly. So Dad, Dad takes, takes her to her the out. diner. And they have, the, they find out that that's where she and Mom used to, he and Mom used to always go. And Mom would always play Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Tears for Fears. And she'd play it until they had to get they got kicked out of the diner, basically. Which I immediately thought of John Mulaney and the Salt and Pepper Diner story. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I can't help it. But and it, it leads to them him going, "I'm sorry, I haven't told you about your mom more. I'm sorry, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I've put so much on you and Margot. That wasn't fair. Like I love this moment yes. of the dad going, "I wasn't right to do this." Mm-hmm. And then he starts going, "But you know, when you were with Peter, I don't want to talk about him." Peter who? <laughs> yeah. And but I, like, I just liked how you opened up. Not with yeah. us, because you've always been open with us, but you, with the world. You opened up to the world. And, like, I love that whole I, conversation. Yes. I loved it and, so like, much. And, like, he pulls a photo that he still keeps of his wife in his wallet out so his daughter can see her dancing mm-hmm. in the in the same diner. And I love that. He's mm-hmm. still, it's such a weathered photo. It has been taken at yep. that minute. Like, that touch, mm-hmm. that is a good touch. Mm-hmm. Um. So then she, we see her talking to Josh next. Is that what I have? Um, next, no, no, next school, I right. have is at school. Yeah. And there is a... The photo is being taken. There's a screen cap from the video taped to her locker. Because she's been told... Uh, she and Chris and Lucas are walking in the hallway and they're like, Lucas is like, I didn't hear anything about this. And Chris is like, yeah, the New Year's, uh, the, the chem lab. Or, no, no, it the, was, it the was, chess it was club. no, no, it was, no, it was, it was the, uh, the debate team the debate nitrous oxide nitrous scandal. Oxide. I was like, I knew it was something. The nitrous <laughs> oxide scandal broke. So that kind of knocked her down and they get there and everyone has cluttered around her thing because someone has graffitied her locker as well. Mm-hmm. And, put something like I don't remember what something, it, I, something mean and Chris leans forward and pulls it off the thing and pulls the screen cap yeah. and then Laura is upset and she goes why didn't you, why won't 
how could you let them think this? And I love Chris just goes, do something, Kavinsky. Like, they're never going to believe the girl says nothing happened. Yeah. And so, so he does. Yeah. So basically, Peter, he just kind of turns and, like, yells through the hallway, if I hear anyone talking about Laura Jean or that video, I'll kick all your asses. It was not that it's anyone's business, but yeah. nothing happened. And, if yeah, and I'll kick all your asses. Like, it'll... And, and I love Chris. Chris is just so like, it's like, yeah, good job, Kavinsky. Like it took you long enough. Kind of yeah. Thing. And you know, Laura's like, you know, who did this? LJ's like, you know, who did this? Cause he goes, if I find out who did it, I'll take care of it. I remember she's like, you know, who did it? We both know who did it. And he's like, let me talk to her. And she's like, no, I'm this. I need to do this myself. Mm-hmm. And that leads to the bathroom confrontation. And this is where I say, I think the Jen actor could be a little stronger. I think this, yeah. this scene could be better if, if that was a slightly stronger actress. But we find out, come to find out, that Jen has been harboring this, harboring this hatred toward Laura Jean. Ever since Spin the Bottle. Because she kissed Peter. And she's like, it was tongueless. Well, not to me. Like, you're not as innocent as everyone thinks. I'm sorry. Girl, I want to backhand you. Like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next movie because I think they will do more with her character. Yeah, it will make her more interesting. But yeah, Laura Jean is just, like, blown away. She's like, what? Like, why would you ever think this kind of thing? Um, and then she finally tells Josh everything. Yeah, she talks to Josh. And Josh's like, why didn't you just tell me? Well, because I didn't realize that I mm-hmm. didn't love you. It took Peter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I love his face. He's like, oh... Like, he's coming to grips with it. Yeah, I I love what she's telling Josh. She says, you know, if it wasn't real, I didn't lose anyone. Yeah. But if I say it was real, and he still doesn't want me. And, and, and then she makes a comment about how she wishes someone would write her love letters. And Kitty comes in the room with the box. <laughs> she's been putting all the letters she could find that Peter gave. Yeah. Laura Jean. I wish they'd done Peter's voice over here. That's the only other thing that, like... Small, teeny tiny tweak I would make. Yeah. But she starts reading the letters out loud, which is a little awkward. But, like, you're, you're so pretty today. I love, or, you know, you're so great in this thing. I love having a smarty pants fake girlfriend. And, mm-hmm. and I love that we can talk about real stuff. And, like, yeah. all these notes. And, and Josh is looking and goes, still think you haven't been written a love note? And we see her get in the car and drive. Yes. And we all know that's a big deal. Uh-huh. And she drives to the cross field where she has a letter in her hand. And the mm-hmm. practice is ending. She walks to Peter Kaminsky and she says, ha- I drove here. He's <laughs> like, it's like, I have to tell you something. What's that? I drove myself here. Good. Okay. Good and like, and she like starts and to turn like, around no, and walk no. away. What's that in your hand? And then he, he starts to steal it from her and he goes, no, if you want me to read that letter, you have to give it to me. Mm-hmm. Cause the first letter she didn't get to give him of her own free yeah. will. So he was, and so she says, turn around and she opens it to read it. And she reads, like, the first, like, part of the first line and then closes it, has him turn back around and says it to his face. Mm-hmm. And, like, I like you. And not in a fake way. And he says, I, I need to tell you, I went to Jen's room last that night to tell her I was in love with you. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with you, Laura Covey. And Laura Jean Covey. And I'm like, oh. he's like Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm in love with you, Laura Jean. Only you. And they I, I love because immediately after that she asks him, she says, "Well, what do you put in a contract for a yeah. real relationship?" He says, "Nothing. You just got to trust." And then and like he goes, "You gonna break my, my heart, heart Cubby. Cubby. <laughs> And she doesn't answer, and they kiss, yes. and they walk hand in hand. Yeah, off the it's field. just it's just this long shot of them and walking. Did you off watch the to the end of the credits? Yes, I did, Good girl, because it has an after credit scene <laughs> where John Ambrose McLaren shows up. 
And Kitty just gets this big grin on her face. Yes. Laura Jean, it's for you. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll get John Ambrose in the sequel. Yeah. Which I, um, I, uh, like I said, I didn't finish, I didn't get to finish, uh, the audio book of To All the Boys I've Loved Before. I didn't get a chance to finish that book today, but out of curiosity, I went ahead and I was kind of looking, uh, looking to see Mm -hmm. what the next two were about. Mm -hmm. And I'm very interested to see what they do with John Ambrose. Yeah, because it's kind of, there's kind of like some, like, jealousy situation going on with Peter. So I'm, in the, according to the wiki, I don't know what the movie's gonna do. Um, because we didn't really play that angle very much with Josh in this movie, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how they how they translate everything from if they translate everything from that book into the movies. Yeah. And they've already filmed both sequels. They have. Yeah. So yes. we're gonna get two both sequels. Eventually, we will watch them and talk about them. Yes. But and I don't think I'm, we need to do. Do they stay together? Because we don't know yet. We've still got two movies. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like based. What I know from reading, I hope so. <laughs> what I know from reading the synopsis is like they're gonna break up, they're gonna get back together, they're gonna. It's okay. Eh, I'm all right with that. They're they're gonna like Ross and Rachel a little, which little is bit, fine. Nothing wrong with that. Which is totally fine. I'm like they're teenagers. He's way better than Ross, but <laughs> it does not take much to be better than Ross Geller. That's fair. Anyway, so what do you rate this movie? Uh, you go first. No, you. <laughs> this is a five. This is my my other one of my big fives. I will say there are like moments in it that I don't think are mm-hmm. perfect, but it is perfect for me. It is the one of my favorite movies now. Like I, I can't mm-hmm. even. I don't know what it is. It's like you said. It gives you this warm feeling. Yes. Like I have that feeling. It hits a bunch of my favorite tropes. Yeah. And it gives me good people. Mm-hmm. And that that is this, really okay. rare in movies. And now. I the like the thing about this movie is like it's. It was it was like repeatedly hitting like the serotonin button in my brain because <laughs> I, get that, I get that yeah fake dating I love and like the chemistry between mm-hmm. uh, Lana Condor and and Noah Centineo mm-hmm. is great I'm fucking John Corbett man and like she's not in the movie very much I'm like but Janelle Parrish does an mm-hmm. amazing job as Margot when she's in there she feels like she belongs in the family yes she absolutely yeah. does everybody in this movie gels everybody so well fits so perfectly yeah you know, I was I was telling my coworker this morning it was like it's like one of the reasons like I loved it it's like I'm so sick and tired of just watch like of everything that I watch being like white dudes <laughs> it was like so to see a movie that like the where the lead is a half korean actress yep and uh, you know i'm like that they kept that element like i'm so happy i'm like it, it like it is a and this isn't like we had kind of talked about before of that with you know with things like set it up and and, and to all the boys I've loved before, and so that Netflix has kind of created a rom-com revival. Yeah. And that, it's so evident to me in this movie. Like, and, and not so much just, like, the rom-com revival, but, like, the teen rom-com. Mm-hmm. Because they're, it's, it's differently structured, and... Um, and like, it's, it has much more of a cinematic quality, but there were, there were elements of this movie that felt very 10 things I hate about you Yes, to me. And, and as we've talked about before that movie, like 10 things I hate about you, it is the gold standard Mm -hmm. for not just teen rom-coms, but teen movies. Mm -hmm. And, and so to me, like the, 
I just, you know, not that I really watch a lot of quote unquote like teen movies nowadays, but when we were teens. But yeah, yeah. like there were so many of them when we were mm-hmm. teens. And so now to have like to have like this movie, I'm like, it's a good teen movie. It's a good romance. It's like and and it does it doesn't because you know, the the book, it's a YA novel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it does that thing to the, that to me, like good stories do. It's like they transcend, yeah. Like you know the genre that they're in, yeah. Of you know, just like I wasn't ever thinking. To be fair, listening to like watching the movie, it like I never really thought about it as like, oh, this is a teen movie. Like this is not like I'm not the demographic. Yeah, but listening to the book. Partly because the narrator has a very kind of, she has a very young voice. And then when she puts on like an affectation of being Laura Jean, sometimes she's very like, ah, yeah. you know, she's, vapid is the wrong word, but like she just giggly. Ha- giggly. Yeah. She just has that very flighty. That's, yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. She just has a very flighty kind of affectation to to the to the narr- to the narration, mm-hmm. and so listening to the book, I'm a little bit like, yeah, okay, I'm outside this target demographic, but it is still a good enough story that that doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And, and like I said, the movie didn't make you feel that way at the all. The movie doesn't make you feel that which way, which I love. And like there are so like there are so many bits of this movie that are just gorgeous. Oh yeah, for it, for someone who has beautiful. not directed a lot, it is beautifully shot. Yeah, and I hope the second one is just as good because she's not directing it. Yeah, and like, can I say like also the fact that like this was, you know, it's based on a book written by a woman of color, mm-hmm. you know, Jenny Han, and then like to have the screenplay adapted by a woman, directed by a woman, and like you could feel it. There is a man directing the sequel. I know. But the woman who directed it is, is an executive producer. So hopefully that'll help. See. We'll see what happens. I'm nervous. Yes, me too. But, but like it's, it's, it's like, I, I just don't want some man to come in and fuck it up. <laughs> I mean, and, but we'll see what happens. I, I, I really, really think that Centennial and, and Condor can, can mm-hmm. sell it. Cause, cause there's just something about the way that like, like we talked about, there, there's a photo on her phone toward the end of the movie it's her screensaver, and it's the and two yeah, of them. Yeah, it's it, the, during the scene. It's when Margot is like in contact with Instagram yeah. to get the video taken down. Yeah, she's just gotten it taken down, and and so she hands she hands Laura Jean back her phone, and the background is it's basically um, the two of them are are sleeping on like a on like a couch or a. Or a uh, hammer, something like that. Yeah, there. It's like, yeah, he's laid out and kind of like got an arm stretched up above his head, and she is curled, curled up, up against his him. side. Yeah. yeah, which is a great shot. And I was like, oh, that is a really cute shot. That's such a good thing. And then you read the trivia, and you find out someone else snapped that. That actually happened. Yeah, they were just, they just like fell that. asleep like that. They fell asleep like and, that on set. And they're not together or anything like that. She's got someone. She's got a boyfriend, but. But she talks about how wonderful he is as a person. Yeah. And how he kind of is Peter Kavinsky in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I do too. They're, they're, they're such good friends. Like, they talk to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I love that kind of friendship in these kind of movies. Because yeah. it, it does come through that can, that they have chemistry. Oh, it, it absolutely does. And so, and the fact that they could use behind-the-scenes photos as photos of them as a couple like, is adorable. In, in that, just kind of that... You know, not like that they are their characters, but it's like that there is enough 
of the characters already in them yeah. Yeah. that like that they could have that kind of you know that they could have that kind of relationship exactly that it I love ble- that. that it bleeds through yeah I appreciate that and I I really want to give it a five but I also am leaning towards a, like four and a half that's fair I knew going into this that I was giving it a five and I did not know what you would do well but- like I think I think it is great mm-hmm. and there's so much that I love um but there, one, I watched it two nights ago. And yeah. so kind of having the conversation tonight, like, some of it's a little, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It's gone a little fuzzy in my brain. Like, I kind of want to, like, rewatch it yeah. again. Let it sit and see if you change let your it, mind. Let yeah. it sit, yeah. Because, like, there are definitely things that, like, I wasn't paying as close attention to. Cause, yeah. And to be fair, you had already seen this movie. Yes, I've seen it, like, six times. You, yeah, you've seen it a bunch of times. And so this is my first... Sometimes going into a movie yeah. that I don't know anything about, like, I lose focus because I'm trying to take notes That's on, fair. like, the literal thing that is happening, yeah. that mm-hmm. I get lost in the overall picture. So, like, I, this will probably... Like, a revisit, I would probably give it a five. Right now, I'm going to give it a four and a the half. The fact that you want to revisit it says a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I'm absolutely like, going to turn this movie on again. For me, this is... Like I said, this is one that like, I was sick one day. And normally my sick movie, I think I mentioned it on another pod, is, like, Seven Brothers, Seven Brothers or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this was easier <laughs> than getting off the couch when I didn't feel good. Right. So I turned, on, I turned on this movie, and I was like, man, this works almost as well. I love it. Yeah. The... Realize, that was when I realized how much I loved it. I liked it, and then I watched it, like, second and third time, and I was like, this, yes. I, yes. <laughs> because there there was a point in time when I was re-watching both Irreplaceable You and the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. I was, like, I would watch one and then watch the other, and then go back to the first and watch the other one, you know. <laughs> I was literally, like, just watching them on repeat for several nights in a row. And it was because, like, there was just something about that. There was something soft and comfortable about them that felt like when I watched them, it felt like a warm blanket. And after, like, I had, like, a, a legitimate kind of, like, rush of excitement watching this movie over, like, it's so good yeah that like yeah. it that it is is i'm so excited that you like, like it though yeah, like it is, my biggest fear no joke was coming into this pod and having to be having to defend the movie the whole way through it's my biggest fear oh no oh no <laughs> um but yeah the fact that like you know having that rush of excitement of mm-hmm. of of just this is so good and like mm-hmm. i appreciated that on such mm-hmm. such a like such a level but that also that there is like a softness and a comfort to it underneath that like I can definitely feel that this is going to be like a rotation movie for me. Yay! So I'm, I'm happy about I, that. I love it a whole lot. So do you have anything else to add, darling? No, I'm good. All right. I have nothing else to add either. So that will get it for this episode of Couch Buddies. As always, thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.